Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
Diana learned early that the government is not fair and never wanted to go back to work in, uh, there. Uh, she believes that the medical field is supposed to help people, and that what she wanted to do. So for many years, she has always had two jobs. Uh, Diana worked at Urgent Cares alongside her full-time job, and currently, uh, Diana currently works for Dr. Who's own practice for 15 years. Now, make it be known that Diana is not an anti-vaxxer. She's an anti-mandate and anti-discrimination person. Our guest believes that we belong to the greatest nation of all, and the best part is being a free American. She believes that every free American and citizen should be able to continue to have medical freedom, uh, to be able to do their own research, as we've talked about here many times, since the almost decade we've been doing the show, and choose what they want done to their bodies without uh, discrimination. Uh, she believes a person should not be fearful of losing their livelihood and not being able to take care of their family due to their medical, personal medical choices. Our guest wants vaccinated and vaccine-free citizens to come together and not live in fear. Uh, to be able to continue to live, work, and play as free and loving citizens as we are. And to learn more about the ballot initiative we're going to talk about tonight, which I would like to see other places around the country uh, to take as an example, you can go to vote yes on hb248.com. And always remember, Bard's Logic is the grassroots way the people show. Uh, we do have our guest on, but first we will uh, quickly – uh, welcome one of our panelists tonight, Joseph, and then we'll bring in Diana. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you? Uh, I've I've done better, but thank you for asking. It's always a pleasure to be back on the People Show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Joseph. So let's go ahead and, um, and wait for uh, Kelly to come on. Maybe he had a, a long date from from last week. Now <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, Kelly later. But first, uh, let's go ahead and bring in. Diana, thank you very much, Diana, for coming to the show. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. How are you this evening? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing good. Middle of the week. Middle of the week. That means we're, uh, we're halfway there for those of us who don't have to work the weekends, even though sometimes I do. But anyway, halfway there. But it's great to have you on the show. So we'll jump, uh, you know, right into it. Is You know, kind of give us a little background on – I'll give you a little background on yourself. Uh, but tell us a little background on what spurred you as a, you know, as I call it, a citizen activist um, to, you know, just get things going and, and working towards getting this, uh, you know, towards this House Bill 248, uh, not to the politicians, but actually to the people. Well, um, a friend and I have been talking, and we've seen where this COVID mandates were going. Um, we started um, – taken constitutional class and before that she has been fighting the school boards for masks her children were the only two children that didn't have to that had mask exemptions school and they were being discriminated against and um, so we discussed that um, so she actually ended up running for school board and so we started taking const, um, constitution classes and I said, well, there has to be something that we, the people, can do. 
um, it's not fair that this House bill is stuck in committee. And she said, well, look it up. So I went to the higher vice code, looked it up, and I said, well, I think I found it. And um, she says, well, you know, you can't complain unless um, you do something about it. So I was like, okay. So I did some research, dug into it, got onto Attorney General Yost's website, saw some samples of petitions, and said, okay, Lord, if this is what I'm supposed to do, I cannot do this alone. I need volunteers. I need help. So I drafted up the petition, took a little bag, and started just going to events and asking, hey, do you mind if I um, get some signatures? And just kind of gave some information about it. I technically copied and pasted House Bill 248 as the law. And um, nothing had changed except for uh, Jennifer Gross had called and said that the attorney general um, didn't like his name and part of the where you can sue um, if you have anti-discrimination against you. Um, So we fixed that part. And then um, I tried to come up with a summary on my own. I'm not an attorney. I reached out to a couple. Um, One told me if I didn't have $10,000 or belong to a group, I could forget it. And I thought, yeah, watch me. Because this is a topic that um, I'm sure that people would come to um, as and volunteer their time. And um, in the first month, I probably had 100 volunteers um, show up. So God provided. And um, like I said, the first go around, um, I'm not an attorney. I think attorneys were afraid. Um, that they get in trouble with the bar to lend a hand. And um, so we tried it first on our own. And he came back and denied it that my summary needed some definitions and needed some work, which didn't surprise me. So we tried a second time, had enough signatures. Um, they said that it wasn't valid. And to try again, but because my signatures weren't all valid and we didn't have a thousand, that um, he didn't even look at the summary or give us any suggestions. But we did have an attorney step up that, that t- this time and um, looked it over for us. So as of tonight was my deadline for the third go around. Um, I don't have all my signatures in yet, but as of right now, I have one thousand. 681 signatures, so I think we're good to go. And I plan on filing again on Monday. Great. No, good luck on that. And let's give a little background uh, first and, 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 and then move, you know, forward to what we're, we're looking to do. So, or, you know, what you're looking to do. And that is, what now? First, there was two. What came out was 248, HB 248, that people were trying to actually get, you know, the House, the Ohio House of Representatives to pass. Uh, tell us about uh, two things. One, tell us what's in the bill because it's you know the one that you want to put on the ballot is the same that was to go in front of uh, 
you know, the house, correct? Correct. So house Bill 248. Bill. Yes, House so Bill 248. Go ahead. Yeah, for those who don't know, yeah, so what what is the bill, what is contained in the bill? What's the, the, the main uh, push for uh, the reason for the bill? Um, well, the bill itself is vaccine and gene therapy choice and anti-discrimination. I did add gene therapy because technically Moderna even calls it gene therapy. Um, but it would protect the privacy and freedom of the Ohio, Ohioans, sorry, and their ability to abstain from vaccine or gene therapy without unlawful discrimination um, from your employer, from the state, um, that all Ohioans would have that choice um, whether they'd want it or not. Um, it would provide transparency um, for school vaccinations. Um, this bill does not change the Ohio Vice Code for childhood immunization, um, influenza, um, hep B, um, due to that there's already exemptions in place for that. Um, we're asking that the schools um, or providers that want you to have those certain immunizations um, notify you that you have the right to be exempted. And that even includes a philosophical exemption, which just means I don't want it, let alone your religious and your medical exemption. Um, it also protects businesses and employers from liability for their compliance by honoring the vaccine or gene therapy choice. It protects employees from um, discrimination concerning the vaccine or gene therapy, such as Currently, my husband, because he's unvaccinated, has to wear a mask, and the vaccinated do not at work. I feel that's a form of discrimination. Um, and it also provides um, legal recourse for anybody that's been discriminated against. And another one, um, no registry, no passport, um, and it pro helps protect your um, HIPAA privacy as well. Now that was now to, to clarify for you know for folks. So basically, it keeps the government and corporations from uh, basically threatening people's livelihoods or having discrimination against them for not getting a vaccination. That is correct. Schools, employers, um, government. Um, it just means that it would mean that in Ohio, anybody, um, school children on up, um, because it's already in place for school children, have the right to choose whether they want a vaccine or gene therapy. And you mentioned and uh, there could be repercussions to an employer uh, that tries to force uh, a, a mandate or to uh, or, it, or that discriminates against the unvaccinated. It protects the employer. Um, so say that say the federal mandate goes through, and they're telling employers, um, even on, or restaurants, um, that or facilities that you want to go and um, watch a sports facility, say in Ohio, but 
but the federal government has a mandate out there. Um, and then if your business is caught letting unva- or vaccine-free people into their facility, you get fined. Well, in Ohio, um, that would not be the case because we have this in place, and so your state law um, proceeds the federal law. And so they can't get in trouble or be fined for following the state law and not the federal law. Now, would an individual have any recourse to sue a, a company to, to, who, would, who would actually fire them, discriminate against them for not having a vaccine? Yes. Um, they would have the right under um, Ohio Vice Code 4112, which is a discriminatory um, revised code. It brings civil actions against a person public official, employee, public agency, state agency, political subdivision, school, private college, state institution of higher education, child daycare, nursing home, residential care facilities, healthcare providers, insurers, institution, or employers in a court um, to go after any discrimination that they feel when it comes to vaccines. So, yeah, so you could get maybe punitive damages such as, look, you, you fired me for not having a vaccine, and the Ohio Revised Code says, you know, you can get uh, compensatory, uh, you know, funds, maybe like lost wages or something of that nature from, or maybe even punitive damage from that company. And pay your legal fees as well. Um, well and right. also I, I forgot to state that if another emergency, if they declare another emergency that this, still stays in effect. So there is um, no other um, vaccine mandate that they can come out with and make you um, get the vaccination even under an emergency. Now, moving forward a little bit from when the, you know, the inception of, of the bill, when it, again, was first to be introduced uh, to the House of Representatives uh, for them to vote on, uh, tell us what obstacles that the bill, you know, you and the bill faced uh, when you tried to get the support of even local Republicans? Well, um, actually, the House bill hasn't even come out of committee because you have, um, it's my understanding, um, Representative Lips and that Representative Cup who has um, stopped it from even trying to get out to the floor. So we don't even know um, which representatives are for or against um, this House bill because they won't even let it come out of committee. However, um, they did try to discharge it out of committee, and you need 50 um, signatures for that to happen. And if my memory serves me correct, there's only, I think, eight that signed the discharge um, I was told, and you know, it, it could be hearsay, but I was told that the um, head of the Republicans threatened other Republicans don't they, that they not dare sign the discharge. So whether that's true or not, I don't know, but only a handful actually signed the discharge to get this House bill out 
on the floor to your representatives to even see who has our backs. Wow, so they, they don't want to know who's actually for liberty, it sounds like to me. Right. Um, I know Jenna Powell is in my area, and she signed it. Um, and Jennifer Gross actually got kicked off out of the House Committee. She is the one that introduced the bill, um, or the Health Committee. And she is actually, I believe, a nurse practitioner, and they kicked her out of the Health Committee. Wow. Well, I'd like to hear the story on that one. Um, she said that she may call in tonight, so hopefully if she hears us, call in Jennifer. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, certainly. I do see that there are some other callers out there. If you'd like to get on, just push the one on your number dial. I'll push the uh, get you in the green room, get your name, and we'll get you into the program. So what, what it comes down to me is it sounds like, well, we, we can't go – you know, through our representatives who are there to, well, supposedly represent us. And why do you think, you know, and people can read some more of this on the website, but, I mean, why do you think that there is that hold up, you know, in the committee? Why the other Republicans are telling others, and not just Republicans, but, you know, the politicians are saying, yeah, don't, don't support this bill. What, what would you say right. is behind that? Is that my understanding that they were actually going to pass it until the Columbus Chambers of Commerce um, got a hold of it and convinced them not to do it? That um, they're trying to say that businesses have the right, you're an employee, and they have a right to tell you um, whether you get the vaccine or not because you're working for them. Um, and... I, I I honestly think that it's also comes down to money. Um, you know, I don't know this for sure, but it's my understanding that even Governor DeWine has stock in J&J and Pfizer. And so if I think if our representatives or our politicians have stock, um, one, DeWine should recuse himself because um, they're just – making bukus of money, and it comes down to money. Um, I almost wonder if uh, the government isn't giving these businesses some kind of incentive to make, um, you to get a certain percentage or 100% percentage of your people vaccinated. And so if you're going to get extra money, then why wouldn't you push for it? And I do find it interesting that a lot of companies did give the special bonuses to their employees that have gotten vaccinated. So it does kind of make me wonder on where these funds to these corporations, these companies came from for them to give out these 100. Right. I mean, I've heard of $100 bonuses. I've heard a $1,000 bonus. You know, right. I've heard my, of um... different types of bonuses. Right. At my husband's employer, they were offering a thousand dollars, and then they, uh, the wow. employees were, were upset because they took taxes out of that, so they really only got six hundred. But um, his company's probably big enough. But I, I honestly think 
that, you know, the hospitals are getting more money to have their um, employees vaccinated. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the almighty dollar. But then it, you know, it's our almighty dollar that we are paying for them to discriminate against us. And so, we, you know, we couldn't, uh, you know, we couldn't really, re, you know, rely on our, again, our, our representatives. So, and, and again, this is a good, you know, a, probably something I would bet if other places across the country would, would try it. Uh, I think they would see. Unfortunately, I think they would see some of the same, uh, you know, same resistance. And you know, Ohio voted for Trump, so it's not like Ohio's this you know, big blue state, right? And my understanding, the House and Senate is run by, you know, Republicans, and you have a Republican uh, governor uh, here in Ohio. Um, so what it comes down to is now, luckily the. Um, the Supreme Court, at least with the OSHA, but now they're still, to my understanding, working through the or, or allowed the, the the medical mandate, which I, I don't agree with that either. Uh, but certainly, yeah, we, you can't rely on, you know, as I said, our our our, our court and our you know our our politicians. Again, those who are supposed to represent us. So I mean, it's pretty much we have to take control of these of these uh, in our own hands. Um, correct. I'm and sorry. I was admit that. I'm like I was um, But yes, you know, what I don't understand is, you know, your medical field pe- personnel are pretty smart. So if we do our own research and we don't um, agree with something, then I don't think it should be forced upon you. I don't think CMS should penalize facilities for not having their um, staff or employees um, vaccinated. It should be upon patient care. Um, But to me, this is all just about choice and our freedom. I feel like our freedoms are being taken away um, little by little. And one of these days we're going to wake up and the government's just going to tell us what we can and cannot eat for the day. Um, turn our electric off for so many hours. Um, but so, I mean, we have to stand up vaccinated and vaccine-free, come together and realize that this is more than um, just about vaccines. This is about our freedoms and our liberties for Ohioans to choose what we can do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and so, and so we can, you know, we cannot take, you know, really you know, trust our politicians because of, you know, the money, you mentioned the Chamber of Commerce, which, uh, you know, I was kind of waiting to hear that, too, because I've heard some things about, you know, with, with, with the Chamber of Commerce and how they were against any such, you know. And, and then I've talked to, you know, local po- <clears throat> local politicians, local Republicans who, you know, were trying to hide behind, you know, oh, well, we're Republicans. We don't believe in the government regulating uh, you know, regulating businesses, and they feel that, you know, by, you know, having HB 248, they're somehow, you know, ha- you know, adding the regulations to, you know, to businesses, which, of course, if it benefits them, they, they don't have any, you know, problem with it. But then right. now, tell, now, bringing us to this ballot initiative, 
I mean, if we get the ballots to the people to vote, I mean, that that's what this uh, – where you're at now, what you're trying to do um, you know, with right, these petitions right. to the attorney general, correct? Yeah, so what um, I would like to do and what I'm trying to see is um, the next step – so we'll find out around February 3rd if he approves this next step or not, and if he does, then we can get our 200,000 signatures we need 132,882 signatures, but yet you want to have some kind of cushion. So I'm saying 200,000. You get the 200,000 in, we get it in before um, the uh, May primaries, then we can actually see on the House who our rhinos are and who we need to get out um, and who we need to vote for. Um, but technically, with this um, initiative ballot and what goes next is um, after the 200,000, it actually goes to the General Assembly. They can sit on it for four months and not do anything. They can approve it, they can amend it, or they can sit on it. If they approve it as is, great, that's what we want. Um, it becomes law and we're done. Um, if they amend it, we or just ignore it, we have to get another 200,000 signatures to get it out of their chambers and get it onto the ballot for us to vote on it. And even if they amended it, we can submit it back as the original. So not oh. all is lost. So not, not all is lost if they, they amend it and don't approve it. Yeah, it um, definitely sounds so, like an arduous funding year. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, so that's why I said we all need to get together. And, um, my, and my deadline, I think, and I need to recalculate um, that, I think we need our 200000 by February 28th. Give us a couple of days to um, process the 200000 because you have to, scan it all and um, turn in an electric copy to the Secretary of State as well. Um, and then after that, we can um, start doing the next 200,000 to um, the supplemental petition to get it out of their chambers. But we're going to learn a lot um, to see who is backing the citizens and who isn't. Right. It'd be nice to be able to know all that, um, you know, from the, you know, from the from the bill. Now, one thing, I mean, people can do, uh, you know, in Ohio, and I mean, but not even just Ohio. I mean, check out the website uh, because when you talk about people who do, and I'm looking uh, at the banner on the website of the different organizations, and uh, you you could put me up there if you want. <laughs> it's important, but yeah. I mean, we do have you know some people running who's already got their names on it. Um, uh, Schultz, who's running uh, for Congress, uh, we've, we've interviewed him on the show. Um, Josh Manziel, uh, Mandel, I should say, he, um, he supports uh, 248. Uh, we've had him on. Uh, Blystone, we're working on Blystone coming in. Um, and then Renacy, he's actually scheduled to be on the program on February 9th. And then Mark uh, Paquita, uh, he was on a couple with us a couple weeks ago. Um, and there's definitely I like the <laughs> I like this organization, Moms Against the Wine. So that tells you about the wine and, and our concerns about 
about him if he would even sign anything that came up to his desk. Um, but anyway, so it is good that you know there are those who are running who are supporting it and, and, and they're seeing out there. So, I mean, have you heard it from anyone else such like uh, like Timken? I mean, have you heard anything from her about whether she would support the bill? Um, I I have not. Now, Stephanie Stock, who's the president of Ohio um, Advocates for Medical Freedom, and I should add, um, if you don't, can I put a plug in here? That Ohio, Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom has reached out to me and said, hey, this is a big project. You're going to need some help with organization. And I'm like, you are right. Um, so anybody that wants to help or volunteer, um, I need you to go to info at Ohio, A is an Apple, M is a Mary, F is in Frank, dot org. Give them your email address, what county you would like to represent, um, and your phone number so that um, when we do get to the 200,000 um, signature step that we have all the volunteers all around Ohio um, so we can make, make it happen. Um, but Stephanie Stock from Ohio Advocates of Medical Freedom um, is known um, among the politicians, and they kind of um, have that role and know more of the um, representatives and um, Senate races and um, who they're going to, uh, I guess they also do like a candidate ticket and give you some ideas of who um, also supports it, and they send those out. Um, I do know that um, Mike Gibbons um, is for it. Uh, let's see, there was um, a couple at the Rig and Paul event in Mainsville the other day, and a couple of them are for it. But, um, Mike Gibbons, um, Mark Piquita, um, who I really like, um, and Renee C. Neil Peterson is also running for governor um, as an independent. Um, let's see who else is helping. We've been to a couple of the Blystone events and gotten signatures. And off the top of my head, that's all that I know. Oh, no, I mean, that's, a, that's a good start. Uh, you know, I mean, I know that we have, um, you know, there's different events and there's, uh, that are going to be going out there. And I recently have one where uh, that, that's coming up that Congress, he's a sitting congressman and, he, and he's running, and that's Steve Shabbat. Uh, is going to be at one of those uh, events, uh, I believe, as well. Um, I'll have the young to look at one of my emails. I, I thought I was going to flyer uh, that mentioned that Shabbat is going to uh, be at some event, you know, that I'm sure they'll be talking, you know, about, you know, about this at the event. Uh, but, I mean, and he's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm actually speaking with his, speaking with his uh, uh, campaign manager, actually today. <laughs> And we're going to be okay. able to have uh, have him on probably. We're, I'm hoping to have uh, Shabbat on uh, February 16th. We just have to pan those things out, see if he's able to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, but him even showing up at these events when this is being talked about is, I would say, certainly uh, you know a good thing. Um, yes, and. Um... 
I mean, I don't know how nationwide this is. Candace Keller and Ron Hood um, are supporting it as well. Yeah, now he's going to be, yeah, he's got to be at a We the People meeting, which is uh, Wednesday the 26th. Now, we, uh, I won't be attending, but I've, I've went to some of those, uh, I've been to some of those uh, meetings, uh, but we, uh, now that we've, you know, doing an earlier show, I'm, I'm able to do those. The next week, we have Michael Johns on. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with him. He's the National Tea Party Movement co-founder. Uh, was a speech uh, writer for uh, Trump, and he was a po- heritage uh, policy analyst. He'll be on next week, so we won't be we won't be there. Yeah. Unfortunately, at the event, I'd like to see Steve again. Um, I've seen him at a festival one time. I had a little conversation with him, but hopefully, we'll be able to get back and. I definitely want to pick his brain on, on this, certainly because, you know, the show here, yeah, we're talking a lot about Ohio, but one of the reasons why I'm glad to have you on is that, you know, since we are, you know, it's a national program, I mean, I think this would be a, something that a lot of folks, you know, grassroots citizen activists like yourself, Diana, uh, can get involved in their communities, in their states, and, you know, try to you know, mimic you know, what you get, you, know, you folks are doing and, and have that enacted because even though the Supreme Court, you know, you know, put down this, um, you know, put down the OSHA, the OSHA ruling, remember, they still allowed the state mandate in New York. Uh, and so there's another state that I think they, they allowed it as well. So, I mean, if the state decides, let's say Rhino DeWine, you know, wants to uh, – try to do a, a mandate of a zone, or let's say just your company. Your company wants right. to do it. Uh, then that's going to be something that, you know, all across the nation, you know, people need to, to stand up and, and mimic what you you folks are doing. Right, and I, and I do think that businesses are going to take it upon themselves. Or, like I said, if they still have that incentive out there, um, that they're going to say, hey, if you mandate this, we're going to give you a little bit of money. So – that is one um, thing that I would really like to um, express on is that the businesses can still mandate it just because OSHA was taken down. Don't just say, oh, good, this doesn't affect me anymore. Um, it does affect you. And I also want to tell anybody in all the other states, I am just a lonely citizen that did some research, tried to figure it out. I am learning as I go. Like I'm in the medical field. I'm not in the legal field, um, you can do this. Look in your higher revised code um, for your state. I'm sorry, look for your revised code in your state um, or even in your state constitution and see if there's something's in there. And um, just try because I'm sure God will bring you some um, volunteers to help you out. And um, you have to realize we're not alone in this. Um, definitely not alone. And um, we can do this. And I want to, uh, you know, uh, give Joseph like this time in uh, one of the, uh, one of the panel here. And you now, and Joseph, I mean, you've been you've been to a lot of states. <laughs> um, and so I'll just you know, see if you would like to uh, chime in on some of your experience in some of those other states on on how the, you know this could help out with that, you know help out them. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I know um originally uh, born and raised from New York, which is a really big liberal stronghold. I 
lived in Hawaii for almost five years, which is a big liberal stronghold. Uh, unfortunately, I had to uh, flee Hawaii uh, in July of 2020 as if I was a refugee on the border uh, because the draconian lockdown measures were just getting too intense and pretty much toppled the whole state economy of Hawaii. And the number one problem when it comes to the issue of vaccinations is that it has been politicized and weaponized for all the wrong reasons. And whenever you try to politicize something that shouldn't be politicized, uh, the outcome is uh, never positive. Uh, If anything, it creates a lot of angst uh, and a lot of chaos. And that's what is going on with uh, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Uh, The left is using it as a political weapon and basically saying, if you're not for getting vaccinated, then you're not for, uh, you don't care for freedom and you don't care for your country and you're the bad guys and uh, you're uh, uh, being negligent uh, because you could uh, get other people infected. Uh, basically saying that you're careless, you're irresponsible, they demean you, they dehuman, they they do everything in the book to uh, make you out to be the bad guy. Now, I don't know if you remember, but um, back in uh, August, I was diagnosed with uh, pneumonia due to COVID-19. In the first ER I went to, um, when I was being uh, triaged, the nurse asked, Am I vaccinated or not? And I said, no, I'm not. Waited about an hour and a half. The doctor comes out and he says, well, I heard you're not vaccinated. So um, you know what we do to people who are not vaccinated and uh, gets infected with COVID, right? And I'm like, no, no, what do you do? We send them home with no medicine and you rest. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're a doctor. I can't believe what you just told me. So you're discriminating against me and holding it against me because I'm not vaccinated. And then when I told them, a lot of people are not comfortable in being vaccinated because there's a lot of adverse side effects that haven't been worked out yet. Uh, oh, I don't know where you're getting your information from. You know, all nasty. I says, hey, don't talk to me like that, doctor. Just because you're a doctor, you're not a god. And you know what? I'm going to go to another hospital, but shame on you. You took a Hippocratic oath to do what's in the best interest of your patients, and basically you have discriminated against me because I have chosen not to be vaccinated, and that that should be none of your business, and deny me the care that I need. So luckily I went to another hospital the next day, and the doctor only asked me that question after I was admitted into the ER But he didn't hold it against me. They gave me the right treatment. They gave me steroids for the inflammation of my lungs. Um, And they sent me home. And they did not demonize me or villainize me. And so this is is just getting worse and worse as time goes on because we have a coward in the White House that keeps on pushing the narrative of it comes down to the vaccinated against the unvaccinated. Now, March will make it two years since the whole world went upside down and went crazy uh, when President Trump closed down our country for the first time in our history, closed down our economy, and so did the rest of the globe. 
we are no closer to getting better. We're actually closer to getting worse as a nation. We're tearing apart with this issue and many other issues of the left and the right. By now, you would have expected, okay, we'll be back on track. Economy is going, right? You know, there's vaccine options available. No. And like I said on your show last week, if the vaccines are so great, they should sell themselves. Then why the resistance? It's like when you're selling a product, if your product is so great, it should sell itself. You should not have to convince me that I need to buy it. And so as more mandates are becoming more effective or being implemented, it's only creating people to rebel, and that's human nature. When you try to shove something down someone's throat, you only give them more of a, of a reason to fight it than have an open mind to it. And the problem I see about coming together with the vaccinated and the unvaccinated is because, sadly, most people who are vaccinated tend to go with the liberal ideology. Most people who are not vaccinated tend to go with the conservative ideology. This should have never been the case, but it is the case. And so what I, I truly admire what you are doing, and I'm sure Thank it's costing you money out of your pocket, so you're doing it for the right reasons, a person like me can tell that you're not you're not benefiting monetarily from this. Is instead no. of waiting till May, take it to the most powerful court of all. If on February third they find an excuse to delay this bill, take it to the next step. It's the court of public opinion, the most powerful court of all, and do it on a nationwide basis to see how many campaigns would currently support this legislation or how many candidates who are already incumbents and running for re-election would say, this is a no-brainer. Of course I would support a bill like this. If it's, for the, if it's for the well-being of our constituency and for our country. And that would give you kind of like a compass to know where to be guided to because I think that for every day that goes by, precious time is wasted and we don't have the luxury of time, unfortunately. And so instead of waiting till May, take it to the court of public opinion. Um, you know, take it to the, to, uh, to the news stations. Hey, maybe see if Tucker Carlson will, will get you on the show or Sean Hannity. They do a lot of interesting pieces like this with Fox. Um, you know, take it to the court of public opinion. That's how you will know who is your sheep's and wolf's clothing, in my opinion. That's how you can determine way before May 5th who's going to be on board. And remember, you have a lot of candidates who are running for the first time, who are running against these uh, incumbent uh, establishment candidates that want the status quo to remain the same. You also may want to collaborate with them because you, you may be surprised. You may have a lot of candidates that would say, no, this is actually a very important staple of our political platform. We would love to collaborate with someone like you. This helps our campaign, and if our campaign helps you, everyone is happy. And uh, those are just kind of my ideas and my suggestions, uh, and I'll defer back to you, Robert. Yes, we have to uh, – yeah, no, I, I do I think we have to take it to a national level. I mean, not specifically with – 
with what you're doing there. I mean, not you take yours, but I'm just saying this idea, I think this idea really does need to go to a national level. And I do think it's right. We also find out who's going to be on board now. This is something that eventually may get in front of the people themselves, you know, to vote on, uh, to see if, you know. Now, Mike, now, I, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, that if it does get on the ballot, you know, if it, if it ends up, you know, on the ballot where, you know, the people vote for it, you know, uh, then instead of it just being in the hands of the politicians, uh, you know, I, I hope that, you know, of course I'd hope it would pass, um, but I, I, I want to address this because, I mean, it is something that does need to be addressed, and it, I think it is a good point uh, to, to discuss is that, you know, and I think that's why you mean, you know, get to the court of public opinion is, and as you pointed out, uh, Diana, is that we need to get on board not only people who have, ha- you know, who, who haven't been vaccinated, which is about 25% of the country, and you know, which I say, can, you know, hold if it's well, if the power is wielded correctly, uh, very well. But it's yes, because there are, I mean, if 75% of the population have gotten vaccinated, and probably, uh, probably, you know, probably about. 66% of those are probably left-leaning, then I, I think you could get people who are more right-leaning to, to support it. But how would we, with going into public opinion, going to the court of public opinion, how, how do you think we could get maybe moderates and liberals to come on board to vote for the bill? I think they have to um, realize that it's this is um, more than just a vaccine um, mandate. And, you know, um, you're talking about your liberties, um, your, you, you being able to choose what you want to do with um, your life and not having the govern, government telling you what you can and cannot do, especially with your own body. Um, so I, I think when you um, put it that way, instead of just, you know, about the vaccine that um, that they're taking a little bit of your freedom away. They're taking a little bit of your liberties away. Um, and if it's th- just this one thing and we continue to let them um, do it, they're going to do or try to take more. And um, I, on, one of, on my adventure, um, I have a volunteer, Monica, is from Romania, and she told a story of where um, over there um, – her dad actually passed out food to people, but he wasn't allowed to eat. Um, their water was only on on certain times. They had to fill up their bathtub just to be able to flush the toilet or have water through the day. They had to buy extra blankets because they turned off the electric so there was no heat when it got cold. And then you um, were freezing, and then the family just had to huddle um, to get heat. So if we continue to allow the government to um, put these little less freedoms on little by little before we know it, we're going to end up that way. And we just can't. I mean, we have to stand together as we, the people, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Like I said, I don't believe that this really comes down just to the vaccine. Um, We have to stand together and don't let our freedoms be taken away and don't let people discriminate against us. Um, to me, this is almost, and I know I probably shouldn't say it this way, um, you talk about white and, and black. 
we can't be that way. We all have to stand together. We're all one God's children and stand together and not let them do this to us because it's going to come. I just keep going, reverting back to the Holocaust days where we're going to, some are going to have to wear a star to be able to walk down the streets and the other of us is going to be loaded up into a freight train going to a FEMA camp. Um, it, it, we, we can't do that. We cannot leave this to our, to my grandchildren. I, we just need to stand together and get this done and show them that we, the people, are not afraid of the government and that we love each other and you're not going to do this to us. Well, I think I was going to do this till later on in the show, but you brought up a good point, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, Nazi Germany, which I always find it ironic when liberals try to uh, do their projecting of, of, of us saying that, that we're the Nazis. when actually it's what the left is doing that makes right. fascism more than anything else. And I wasn't going to bring, uh, bring this up until later on in the show, but I think what um, – uh, you know, this article, I got the, on the 2nd of February, uh, we will have, um, you know, on the program, uh, Ian Overton, and he is with uh, the LaRouche Pack, and he, uh, he'll be here, to, you know, talking about you know, some of the articles that he's, he's written on the, on the website, and one of them, and I, I normally don't like reading articles because, you know, who likes to be read to? Uh, but I think this is a good spot for this. Um, one of the things we're going to go over uh, is where it says the um, Biden administration steps up youth in Asia program for political vaccine opponents. And this was an article that he wrote on the 2nd of January of this year. Uh, and it states the Biden administration is enacting the advice of Obama's medical advisor, Ezekiel Emanuel, that simply denying medical care is the best way to reduce costs rather than euthanasia. But don't let anyone fool you into thinking this is about reducing medical overspending or the, quote, equitable rationing of scarce medical therapies. It's also a uh, dictatorial power grab with undercurrents of racial supremacy. And the 1949 warning to the American medical community about how the medical atrocities perpetrated by Nazi doctors emerged from small beginnings, Dr. Leo Alexander writes, quote, it is a rather significant that the German people were considered by their Nazi leaders more ready to accept the exterminations of the sick than those for political reasons. It was for that reason that the first exterminations of the latter group were carried out under the guise of sickness. Now, again, I'm not going to read any more of the article unless we get to it, but I want to use that as a point, is that, you know, what's one of the things that Biden has been doing? Is he ha- and, and you brought this up uh, earlier, Joseph, is that he's demonizing, and not just him, the left media, which really is a media, it's the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, um, or the state news, as I'm, as, as I'm starting to see it, is that they're, the, when it's coming to the, all the different deaths and hospitalizations, who are they all trying to, uh, to blame? They're trying to blame the people who are not vaccinated. And so 
what they're doing is they're pretty much doing what the Nazis did to the Jews by demonizing them. Um, and so that's what they're trying to do with, with us. And not only, uh, you know, by demonizing us, but say, oh, well, there's, but, but you guys, you pointed out what happened to you, Joseph, uh, when you went into the hospital. Now, there are, there are businesses out there that have stated that, well, we were giving out, uh, you know, if you were to get sick from COVID, we'd give you COVID sick pay. Well, now there are some that were coming out saying, well, we're no longer doing that if you're unvaccinated. So if you get COVID and you're not unvaccinated, you'll have to use personal time um, or vacation time. Or if you don't have any more of that, you're just going to have to take that time off without pay. So now they're starting to say, well, you just, you know, if you get COVID, we're just not going to pay you, which is stupid because if people have just a slight, you know, a slight case of COVID and they know they have it, but they think, I'm out of PTO time, I'm out of sick time, I bet I can pass this COVID off as a cold, they're going to go in the work with COVID. (laughs) You know, so it's a stupid policy, but... I mean, it is. I think it's it's um, it could be where yeah, let's blame let's blame the people who aren't vaccinated. You know, let them you know let them get sick and not treat them. Um, and then we could also you know basically get the people you know to support us by demonizing and saying, hey, look, the reason why your grandma and grandpa is dying of COVID is because of these unvaccinated. And so the and I've seen this. I've seen this on social media where people are like, yeah, yeah. Why, why should we let, you know, these people who aren't getting vaccinated? They're, they're the ones who are making us sick. Why should we care for them? We should just let them go. And then they all start talking about Darwinism. Oh, well, Darwinism will weed them out. Go ahead, uh, Diana, and then you, uh, Joseph. I was just going to say, and then they're raising if you're vaccine-free – then you have to pay more on your health care premium as well. Kroger's, um, I think it was $50 more on the health care premium per month they were going to have to pay if you were not vaccinated. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. And if they were to have, you know, now if OSHA would have gone through, who would they have had? You know, to pay for that weekly testing all the time. I mean, that would that would really hurt the middle class if they if they try to take it out of the people's uh, you know paychecks. So go ahead, Joseph. I was going to say that the uh, Democratic Party would do Joseph Goebbels very very proud. Would do him very well. And the irony of all of this is, last year, one point seven million illegal aliens or illegal aliens seeking asylum crossed our southern border without being administered any COVID tests, being let loose into communities on the border, or being subsidized to move to other states that would give them amnesty without having being subjected to any COVID tests or any COVID mandates. And I'm thinking, so for people who are illegally crossing our border, it's okay for them to get special treatment, and it's okay for them to not follow the laws of the land 
But for an American citizen, you would actually give him an ultimatum and say, you either get vaccinated or you're on the unemployment line. And that's how you know our country is in, a, in one of the many reasons you know our country is in the, in the wrong direction and is disintegrating really quickly. I mean, how is that even conceivable? It makes no sense. It defies logic. It defies rationale. And they want to call us the Nazis. You want COVID passports. The Third Reich mandated, even in the occupied countries that they occupied during World War II, they mandated that everyone had to have identification papers to know who was pure Aryan and who was not Aryan. So that would help them to know who they needed to send to the concentration camps or not. Now, what's on the ballot this year and what's on the ballot in 2024 will define or will seal the fate of our country, depending on what direction it goes. Right now, there's two sides, uh, and the conservative side is battling for the soul of our country to save it. The other side is vowing to destroy it. And uh, that's basically what it comes down to. We have a lot of things that are on the ballot including this bill that you want to introduce to the House uh, to have it, you know, amended. And so I think there's going to be a lot of other issues on top of that that, that's going to come in conjunction that's going to be on the ballot. But I have faith that despite Biden's two-hour semantics, on which he pretty much said he's done a great job all year long, and he touted his performance on COVID and on Russia, which is a joke. Okay, um, I think a five-year-old can can prognosticate that uh, the the Dems are gonna, gonna are gonna get a shellacking. That much we know. And the fact that the Dems are so out of touch with reality, and so is Biden. Uh, Biden thinks that 2022 is gonna be safe for the Democrats. So. Well, that's that's all I have to say on that, and I'll uh, defer back to you, Robert, or to you, Diana. Well, I was going to go back. I was going to go back to the PCR test. December thirty first, the CDC um, pulled their or the FDA pulled their EUAs on the PCR test because they um, admit that the PCR test doesn't work that it can't tell the difference between influenza and COVID. So why are we doing oh, rapid C, uh, PCR tests and trying to find them when they already admitted they don't work? And then um, under the FDA, if a vaccine is under an EUA, they can't mandate it. And there is no approved Pfizer vaccine in the United States. Um, they say that because Comirnaty, I think that's how you say it, is approved, but it um, is my understanding it won't even be in the U.S. until 2025, and they think that because it has somewhat of the same ingredients as their BioNTech that they can interchange it, but the court said that they could not interchange it. So, therefore, there is not a um, corona or COVID-19 vaccine that is approved in the USA as of today and in the past. 
So I'll, and then I also want to say that voting this year is very important, and we all need to get out and vote. Um, I know there's questions on integrity of the voting system, mm-hmm. but we all have to show. But we all have to show up no matter what. And let's break the voting machines. Well, one okay, thing, I said a whole lot. Well, you know, I, I, oh no, no, that's fine. You no, know, one thing I've said many times is that yeah, I mean, I do believe that there was cheating in in in, in 2020. I do believe that the election was stolen. Um, and you know, and I've seen and I've seen evidence uh, of vote switching and you know and things of that nature. And but the, the, in order for that to have been successful, there actually had to have been enough people to you know come on board and believe you know the the, the lies of uh, and, and flat flat out not question the obfuscations you know of the left. Um, one thing that's baffling is you know the, how. More people have died of COVID during the Biden regime than during the Trump administration. <laughs> but you you don't you won't hear you know places like CNN and MSNBC and NPR touting that. <laughs> you just won't. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, was there anything else on the on, you know on the bill or anything else surrounding it? You know, HB two forty eight. Uh, that you would suggest for other people to do, like in other states, you know, how to get this started? Um, I suggest that you go if you have, um, again, I'm not in the legal field, so I don't know if every state has a revised code and or just a um, state constitution, but there has to be something in each state, just as Ohio, that um, protects we, the people, over your government um, that says that you have the right to put an issue on the ballot for the, the people to vote on if your government isn't doing what it needs to do for you. Um, also, it's my understanding, um, I think it was the book of the lesser magistrate, that even as you get um, into your smaller um, counties or your townships, you guys have the right even under in the state to make your own rules. Um, so see if if you can't get it statewide, maybe county um, ordinance um, that you know that they can't mandate it in that county. Um, I'm not exactly sure how you would go about that either. But um, look it up, or if you have an attorney friend, um, a constitutional attorney friend. Ask them how it's done. Again, um, I know it's my understanding that they're threatening the attorneys by pulling their bar if they um, or their license if they uh, help people. But you know, maybe somebody can whisper something in somebody's ear to um, help you to figure out how to do this. Because um, we can't rely on our government anymore. Um, that's what this shows us, and um, you know we have to um, step up and fire our representatives that are supposed to be representing we the people, and um, find out find new employees who wants to work for us. Um, but and I also wanted to say um, back to Ohio, you know the House passed the bill um, two eighteen 
um, that's supposed to look good, but that basically they mm-hmm. just say that um, as long as it's under an EUA, um, it can't be mandated, which that's the law now, so that really doesn't change. But it allows that once um, a, 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 the vaccine is approved, approved by, by the, the FDA, then your employer can mandate it. So right. House Bill 218 is a bust. So House Bill 248 is where it's at, and it's still in on the health committee. House Bill 248 is still in the health committee and doesn't die until December of 2022. So if you want to now get on the phone, send messages, email your representatives, um, if you and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know everybody that's on the health committee. Um, find out who it is, email them, um, call them, and see if we can get it out before the petition even gets there. But we're not going to stop either way. Um, and there is another route that can be done if this um, statute of law um, doesn't go through that we can try to do a Ohio Constitution amendment. And that, if you get 455,000, um, approximately 455,000 signatures, we can get that straight on the ballot and we bypass um, General, Sim- um, sorry, General Assembly um, altogether. And so, um, but again, I'm not an attorney and I don't know how to write that. Um, I believe that might be in the works, but I don't know for sure. So, uh, we're, we're, well, now that we you bring it up, I'm thinking that might be what, what we'll end up have to do, <laughs> what people end up having to do. Um, they, for some reason, I mean, I, when we've got an inkling on what it is, uh, these politicians don't really want to budge much, uh, you know, on doing it. And I hate when the Republicans try to, you know, hide behind, oh, well, we don't want, we don't, we you know, we're, we're the party that don't want to regulate, you know, businesses, and we don't want to regulate companies. <laughs> Yeah, they try to hide behind that, you know. Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, this isn't isn't about business. This is about individuals' life and about freedom that you're trying to take away of choice, of, of people's choices. Well, and then what's next, right? I mean, if you if you're able to, you no, know, I equate, you know, forcing someone to get vaccinated. I mean, frankly, and, and you might, you know, being in the medical field, you might uh, appreciate this. And I, I apologize for getting graphic, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about in a moment. Is that I, I equate, you know, forcing someone to get the vaccinations like medical rape because here you're, you know. You're having your body, and here's where it's going to get graphic, so I apologize, but you're having your body penetrated by something, and you're having cells and chemicals injected into your body, you know, without your consent. Now, if that doesn't describe a rape, I don't know what does. You know, so that's why I say it's, it's, it's medical rape. They're medically raping you. By doing a medical procedure without your um, – and, and you know, it could very well, you know, because if it's still – I mean, I know there were some people throwing around the Nuremberg Code, especially when the vaccines were, you know, considered more experimental, you know, before they were 
you know, approved by the FDA. Now, of course, there are people, oh, no, it doesn't break the Nuremberg Code, you know, things of that nature, but okay. I, 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 it's fine. Let's say it doesn't uh, break the Nuremberg Code. I still say that's, that's medical rape. You're forcing, you're, you're, without someone's consent, you're, you're, you know, you're being violated. Your body is being violated. Well, and um, what I don't understand, what is the difference is, say um, you have somebody who's having, we'll just say having a baby, she's in labor, she's losing a lot of blood, and you say, ma'am, we can save you and the baby, but we have to give you blood. And she says, no, thank you. And so she has a choice of a life-saving mechanism of that she doesn't want it. What is, what is the difference that it says that I do or I don't want something that it, that should it's always been a medical choice. If a patient doesn't want it, then you have to abide by their wishes and listen to them whether you think it's best for them or not. So why is this any different? Well, their argument, and I and I and I'm not agreeing with it, but I know their argument is they're saying, "Well, you getting COVID not only affects you, it affects the people around you." That's the argument that we would that you know we would have to uh, you know break through uh, in order to maybe even to try to get them to understand. But that but that that's their argument. Oh well, you know, it's not only to protect you; it's to protect everyone around you. It's, it's their but argument. They, but they have breakthroughs. You know they they're um, admitting now that um, mm-hmm. basically whether you're vaccinated or vaccine free, you can still get it, you can still transmit it, and um, they they even have some support that because you're vaccinated, you're actually shedding spike protein. So then, you know, are you hurting other people now that you're vaccinated with this experimental drug? But um, I'm not an expert on that, so I won't um, state that. But, you know, there's not, and that's my thing. I'm not anti, like I said, I'm not anti-vax. I am actually a vaccinated person. Um, But this, there just isn't enough um, data on it. Right. Um, unlike all, you know, unlike all the other, and if you go on your VAERS report and you see how many people have had adverse reactions and how many deaths there are, um, I forget which immunization it was that came out, and there was 50 deaths, and they pulled it. Why are there's 800,000 now? Why are they not pulling it? Um, but I'm just one person that's pleading and begging for the vaccinated and vaccine free to come together and um, try to uh, help not get them to mandate a product or discriminate against you um, on your status and wanting people to vote and to get together. I guess, you know, like love thy neighbor. That's that's what I want. Yeah, I'm just that type of person. Well, and I, and, 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 and I think because the way that the media is, and I, I don't want to you know, beat a dead horse, but I think the way that the media is, you know, their narrative they're putting out there is, I mean, they're trying, again, I think 
an obstacle out there, is there you know, for people that are, you know, for, for this, is like, well, it's, it's, it's the unvaccinated fault. I mean, so you, you, to try to get the, the people who are vaccinated. No, there are going to be, you know, I mean, I've talked to plenty of people who are vaccinated say, look, that was my choice, but it should have just been my choice. I don't like the idea of them making, you know, other people do it. No, I know a lot of people okay. who, you know, who say that, you know, and so, I mean, that certainly is, uh, you know, good to hear because it is. I mean, what's next then? I mean, if they're going to make people put a chemical in their body, what next are they going to be able to make you do? Right. And, I, and again, I've done my research. Um, you know, the Pfizer says that the um, spike protein stays in one location in your liver is supposed to eat it up. Um, but they had a study before it even came out that there's like 35 different spots that the spike protein will mutate to, mainly the ovaries, testes, prostate, and it passes the blood-brain barrier. Um, it, so the, the studies and everything is out there. And so if people would just um, look at them, and just do their and if the, if people de- decide to get the vaccine, um, that is fine with me. That is to me that is their choice. Um, so if you get the vaccine, fine, but don't um, discriminate against me because I chose to do some research and um, decided that it wasn't best for me at this time until I want to see more studies on it. Um, so that's where I go again. Even if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But if somebody else may have a medical reason not to or just don't want to, you know, that's up to the individual. Um, we just – it's come to the today's society that one person does one thing and somebody doesn't agree with it, then they get all upset and um, view hatred or – you're different because you're doing this. And I thought that we were taught that people are different. We all have different beliefs. We all have different understandings. And um, if we continue to have separation or continue to let the government make us live in fear and not um, come together and actually live, um, then that's just the way they're going to make us be until we've had enough. And so that's what I'm just trying to um, do here is encourage everybody to, and trust me, I've had to go out of my comfort zone. I'm not a public speaker. Here I am. Um, I've spoken to some people, but you have to get out of your comfort zone and stand up for what you believe in and look what you can do, even as a lonely citizen, um, you start out one, and then you eventually can get larger um, and see what you can do to um, stop this t- um, the government for taking just a little bit of your freedom and your liberty at each time and um, get out there and vote, and um, let's make a difference. No, I, I, I had a question I wanted to ask uh, her. Uh, you know, as you know, being in the medical field uh, as a nurse, uh, I heard something. I'm going to put the question out there and to bring it to you, uh, Joseph, and sure. then come back. Is uh, 
if you have heard an answer, if you've heard anything. I heard just recently that someone said that people with O negative blood are not getting, I mean, again, this is just hearsay. Uh, this one's hearsay, okay. but people with O negative blood are not getting COVID. Like this person, like, yeah, I got O negative blood. I've been around people who's had COVID and I've never gotten it. So I want to talk more about that in a little bit, but first I want to open the floor up to Joseph and also do see other callers. If you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. I'll bring you into the green room. I'll get your name and then I'll get you into the show. Uh, so um, I, I want to bring that back after uh, you, Joseph, about the, the O negative blood, but to see if, uh, if Diane has heard anything about it. But Joseph, if you want to chime in, anything in, go ahead. Uh, I haven't. And, uh, like I said, it, this is just insanity. And to do this when we have an all-time high worker shortage on top of that, it, it, it just doesn't help the economy. I mean, we're completely in free fall. Uh, the Biden regime is completely in denial. Um, a lot of the left-wing radicals are completely in denial. And our country is hurting. And a lot of people are suffering. And I love Amanda. I love, um, sorry, Diana. I love Diana's yeah. spirit. It's what I've been saying on the show for the longest time, and I've always been consistent. We need to keep on fighting, regardless of whether we fear that the elections are going to be rigged or not rigged. We don't have the luxury of sitting on the sidelines uh, because we, it, the the next generation of Americans. Uh, we will decide the fate of the next generation of Americans. If we choose not to fight for our country so that it remains the land of the free and the home of the brave, then we will be depriving the next generation. Uh, we will be depriving the next generation of Americans, uh, the great country that we've known it to have been for 242 years, the greatest constitutional republic, uh, the free leader of the world, and so yeah, we have to fight. We 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 can't succumb to the left in their psychological warfare of trying to convince us that there's no need to fight. That there, there's no way uh, conservatives can win because the elections are just going to be rigged regardless. And that's why I said the turning point in the war was definitely the red wave that we saw in Virginia and Seattle and New Jersey and uh, in Long Island, New York, and so. I'm with Diana. I'm going to fight until my last breath. Um, Thank you. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the previous generation who died and fought for us in the Vietnam War, in the Korean War, um, in World War II, in the Great War. And and you're welcome, Diana. I truly commend people like you who are willing to sacrifice for your country, but you're not swayed by the masses because the masses would have you think, Oh, it's just going to be rigged, so why bother? And the moment you actually believe that is the moment you have let the left win because that is what the left is great at, psychological warfare. They are great at breaking people down psychologically and making you believe that you have no chance in hell. Therefore, put down your arms, don't fight. And so, Diana, you have the true fighting spirit of what this country was founded on. And that is we keep on trucking, we keep on fighting until the last breath is in our air, until we gap the last breath. And regardless of what the enemy is saying or what they want us to believe, to, to not fight, 
I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to be swayed by the masses. I know what's, what's right in my heart. I know what's in my own best interest. I know better what's in my best interest than my own government. And I'm going to keep Amen. on fighting. And I would like to add that vaccinated and um, vaccine-free have come together on this. We do have volunteers that are vaccinated, and they disagree that it should be a choice and that it is part of our um, freedoms that are being taken away. So not all is lost, no matter. And, you know, people have asked me to stop and let's try this, and I just keep saying, I'm not going to stop. Until you come up with that, then I'll stop. But until then, I'm going to keep on going until you show me another path. Amen to that as well. That is, you truly embody uh, the soul of this country. You embody the the American spirit. And the American spirit has always been, even in our deepest and darkest times in history, we've always found a way to get up from our bootstraps, to pick ourselves from our bootstraps. We've always found a way to survive. We've always found a way to move forward. And that's what we must do in 2022. And that was that's what we must do in 2024 because Diana, you're absolutely right. It starts at, at it starts with basic liberties that dictatorships strip you of before they get to the most important liberties. It starts with the smallest things. And I, I mean, I, and I look, know that some, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and look at ourselves. They're already um, starting to short supply your food. But go ahead, hon. No, no, correct. You're absolutely right. And I know this analogy is so cliche, but I bring it up because it's so reminiscent. When Adolf Hitler became chancellor, when he got to power in 1933, he started only peeling back a small few liberties and rights that the German people had under the Weimar Republic. He, he, he didn't start out with, you know, uh, his big agendas, but because he knew that he had to sell it to the German people that what he was doing was in the best interests of Germany, and it was for the best interest of the fatherland, and this is what they needed to do. They needed to learn their lessons of defeat from the Great War, uh, World War One. and so this is, you're right, it starts with the vaccine, but then what's next? If we let them get away with this, we give them the, the green light to say, well, if we can get away with this, what's going to stop us from trying to rip away or violate your constitutional rights or your state constitutional rights? What, what's to stop them from going even further? Because at that point, they're emboldened. They feel like they're on cloud 20. They feel like they're invincible. They kind of feel like Governor Gavin Newsom, who survived that recall election, and now he thinks he's invincible, and that's the problem. That's the danger of ideology and, and, and demagoguery. Correct. I think you're awesome too, Joey, by the way. Thank you so much. I, I think you are likewise. Well, I tell you what, well, I think the reason why um, he feels like he's un, you know, untouchable is I, I think he kind of is. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, he did survive that, unfortunately. But that's, um, you know, that's much to the detriment of California. <laughs> that's for certain. Um, 
you know, and unfortunately, it's, 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 Robert, amazing the, it's amazing what these people get away with. I mean, we really do need to hold them accountable. I mean, you know how glad I am that this is a little off topic, uh, that, you know, Kinzinger decided to drop out and not run for re-election, and then Gonzalez here in Ohio, um, he's not, uh, you know, he decided not to run again, you know, because, they, I mean, they had the writing on the wall and like, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to even win a primary. Uh, because of their actions, but I mean, we had a couple of weeks ago, you know, um, you know, Mark on, uh, and he, you know, he considers himself, you know, we need more of those these citizen candidates, uh, Mark Bikita, and and we do. I mean, we need people who are, you know, just people like us, right, Diana, like you, and you know, just citizen candidates where they haven't held office before. You know, they got enough background where you know they could do well with running for office. Uh, but they don't have, you know, the – now, one of the – I mean, there are there can be some problems. I mean, one of the things with Trump is, I mean, I still think he's one of the greatest presidents we've had in since Reagan, frankly. And in, in some ways, yeah, I don't know if I'd ever say he's better than Reagan. <laughs> in some ways, maybe. But <laughs> right. people, I think, the, I think the problem with Trump is that because of his inexperience in politics, I think especially the early years, the people that he put, you know, who surrounded him were not good for the, the agenda that he wanted to have. I mean, he wanted to drain the swamp, and some of the people who he, he surrounded himself, like Rince Pubis, I mean, Reince Priebus, uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, I just don't think he surrounded himself the, the, with some of the right people. And, and, and I'm even and starting to wonder about his Supreme, his Supreme Court shit picks, to be honest. <laughs> right. Correct, and that yeah, recall was... in California. Oh, I'm so go sorry. Ahead. My apologies. No, you go. No, you go. Yeah, I was going to say that recall in California, Newsom does feel like he's on cloud 20, and the proof is in the pudding because last time um, Kelly was able to take his date to Dunkin' Donuts for coffee, but um, and then he wasn't able to take her to Starbucks, but since they reversed that mandate, that Starbucks can no longer mandate employees to – um, take the vaccine to work at Starbucks. I think that uh, Kelly departed early last week because uh, he was having coffee with his date at Starbucks. So, not a lesson of consequences. <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, well, maybe it's a bad coffee because I haven't heard from Kelly since. <laughs> I, I think so. He's playing hooky, so I don't know. Well, he'll, he'll just have to be. Uh, they'll have to answer to the People Show when he comes back on, but. So we just give him a pass again for the second week. That's okay. We'll give him a, a, a Starbucks um, coupon uh, as a good face gesture, and he should be good with his date. Now, nothing that has anything to do with Starbucks. Uh, no, again, I mean, I talked to somebody. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this might just, just be, you know, what they call it. Uh, what, you know, my, my doctor loves this term, uh, antidotal evidence, um, where, you know, Someone says, like, you know, the same people who have O-negative blood are not getting COVID. She's like, I've got an O-negative blood, and I've never had it, so maybe maybe that's why. I mean, I've been around people who've had it, but none of her got it. I mean, is that something that can actually – I mean, you're a nurse, um, and I'm not a doctor, but, nor do I play one on TV. I mean, is there any <laughs> even way that could be a possibility? Um, actually, I, while you guys were talking, I looked it up. Um, we, you got to remember that we're all different, and we all are made up of different DNA, and we have all different 
immune systems. And um, but it does say here that with 23andMe, they did a research study, and that type O blood may have a protective effect against COVID-19 versus the um, other. So it's just O blood, not necessarily O negative. Um, huh. And it just shows uh, data shows that people with type O blood are 9% to 18% less likely to test positive for COVID than other people with other blood types. So that is a thing, and um, my friend that's an LPN works with COVID patients directly, and um, she hasn't gotten sick, um, so this has been going on for two years now until last week. So, um, so that, and um, with each variant that comes with um, the, the COVID now will be more contagious and less deadly. So the right. um, Omicron, Omicron must have been contagious enough that she actually started feeling sick last week. But um, right. she, she has worked like um, 10 patients a day directly um, with COVID patients and had not been sick at all. And I believe she's O, o blood type as well. <laughs> huh. So there might be some validity in that. <laughs> Definitely. Well, who knows? Maybe I mean, they could find out what's in O blood, and you know, kind of say, "Hey, man, maybe do some, you know, some research type of experiment as to why." To research, yeah, what is is to, uh, yeah, so you know, yeah. how's it, how that may play a part. That's well, what you they mean, want you know, to some, me okay. Go ahead. I just say some people I think, have the way COVID. Yeah, just the way COVID just affects different people in different ways. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. there's anyone who can convince me that it's not man-made. I mean, a gain of function research, but just how it affects everybody so differently. And then, you know, you've got stuff like long COVID and, and things of that nature. Um, no one can convince me that this that this uh, COVID wasn't engineered. I, I don't, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me it wasn't. Um, did you watch like on Blaze TV? Um, is it Glenn Beck? Um, they actually have paperwork for that this all started even before like 2015, and then the president of God is it Ghana came out and showed event, that the Rockefeller was it called, event 21 or something or event 19 or something or uh, um, I wish I had it up. Um, but, yeah, I started listening to then I got busy. But um, so he, like, laid it out that the Rockefellers um, had this planned as well. And it was all part of Wuhan Lab and the U.S. so that they could point fingers at each other and then be plausible deniability. But it is um, all gain of function. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean personally... You know, I, I think uh, you know. Well, look at look at Bill Gates. He's a big population control guy. I mean, you know, and yeah. he he was all for you know all the vaccinations and stuff. It makes me like, you know, when you have somebody like that, you know, pushing vaccines. I mean, no wonder people are are, are wary of them. Correct, and um, and I think his depopulation for Bill Gates, he was quite a bit younger. So this has been going on for years. 
Um, I mean, I know now I'm starting to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but um, I, I honestly believe that this, this that they've had this in the works. Um, even Fauci back in 2017 forewarned us that Trump was going to have to put up with um, a pandemic back then. So if this is all new and nobody knew about it, how did he know about it in 2017? Well, I think that I, personally, I think they released it as a last ditch effort to make sure he wouldn't get reelected. Cause he, I mean, I think he was putting, I think uh, Trump was in there and putting a, the kibosh on a lot of, you know, what the, what the globalists were wanting to do. I think they were happy, you know, taking their, you know, slow time getting things implemented. But I think once Trump got elected, and not just Trump, there was a number of uh, populists, you know, you know, like a couple in Europe as well who got who got elected. And I think that scared the shit out of them, excuse my French. But we're not monitored by the FCC here. Um, <laughs> so we uh, – no, now NSA Bob might be keeping his ears to us still, but uh, not the FCC. No, but anyway – uh, I, I think it scared the shit out of them. They're like, yeah, we need to expedite this uh, because, you know, things were, were naturally moving towards globalism. Trump kind of put a, a wrench in the work. And so people around the world were like, oh, yeah, Cause, because remember, Trump wasn't against working with these other nations, you know. He wasn't against working right. with them. You know, he just said, look, we need to put our best interests at heart and – you know, things being in our best interest isn't, isn't in the best interest for globalists because basically they need to, frankly, economically rape us in order for their kids to get their their uh, their agenda done. I mean, they I, want I, us to depend on them. We got a little off topic for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine, but I think that's where we're going to go. They want us to depend on them. So if we don't, again, if we don't stand up. Um, and start taking our freedoms back. That's that's where they want us to go. Um, they want us home, um, not working, and they tell you how much money you're going to get, how much food you're going to get, water, heat, electric. Um, and I, I don't want that for our future. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but just look at, uh, you know, how, how much things have jumped. And, and then they try to hide it like, oh, well, you know, well, well, pri- prices are so much higher because the economy is better. <laughs> I'm like, how, I mean, had they really dumbed down Americans so that there's people out there who actually believe that? <laughs> it's amazing yeah, what people will be, uh, to be led to believe anymore. Well, and you know, it's getting scary what they want to teach our kids. Like, there's just so many topics um, it just seems like everything around us is exploding. Uh, you know, well, they want to dumb down quickly. our kids. The, there's a study that just by having your child wear a mask um, has dumbed their IQ down 20% because a child learns from facial expressions, um, lip movement, how to speak appropriately. Um, so they're... They're depopulizing us. They're dumbing down us with our masks. Um, and I, I don't know what it's going to take. And I think we're, I believe we're there. I have to believe that God is 
getting us to a spot where we just all just know that we need to unite and um, we, as we the people take back what is ours. Well, we do um, uh, go ahead and bring it over to you, Joseph. I do have a Skype caller that uh, would like to come in. I'm going to get their name. Uh, so go ahead, Joseph, while I bring the Skype caller to the, the green room. Go ahead, uh, Joseph. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. So uh, changing a little bit of topic, uh, they are doing the Senate vote as we speak about the filibuster. Uh, Joe Manchin and Cinema uh, has made it very clear that they're not going to vote. Um, for that to proceed. Uh, so they would have to have all uh, 50 Democrats vote on that uh, for that to uh, succeed in the Senate. So that's gonna fo- not going to succeed. Uh, nonetheless, they're going through all of that. And um, – oh, no, you go ahead, Diana. I was just going to say what I thought was interesting during my constitutional class that the federal government only has 18 um, things that they technically that they can control, and our medical isn't one of them. A lot of this stuff isn't any of it. Technically, back to our Constitution, even um, small departments like um, the FDA, OSHA, is actually um, against the U.S. Constitution. Um, Because it's an overreach and an overstep. Actually, your state has more authority than the federal government. And it's just, to me, an Um, eye-opening. I don't know. I guess in school I don't remember ever learning about the um, U.S. Constitution. So if you can take a U.S. Constitution class, in your area and learn what are actually our rights as um, individuals or as citizens of the U.S. Um, It's mind-blowing of the policies that are made by the federal government that should not even be in their court. Do you agree? Absolutely. Well, that's where Kelly would have been – Great. Our panelist, Kelly, he's what we call our constitutional scholar. Uh, I would have, I would hand that over to him. But yeah, certainly. I mean, there's that's why there's you know some politicians say, look, there's uh, you know different departments that like to overhaul or get rid of, uh, you know, completely. Some are even mentioning you know the Department of Education, which yeah, that was basically meant uh, you know up to the state. But we do have John on. Uh, John would like to uh, chime in. Uh, so thank you very much, John, uh, for coming in. Again, uh, for the caller tip, I'm on your number dial. I'll get you name, and then uh, we'll get you into the show. Uh, but thank you, John, for uh, calling in. How are you tonight? Oh, thank you. I'm doing fine. I appreciate the opportunity and taking my call. And I just want to say thank you, Diane, to continue to bring it back to rights. Now, I want to step a little bit further into saying it's not just your constitutional rights. It's your inalienable, unalienable rights that were provided to you by your creator. Because the first and foremost thing you might have heard, you know, you love your neighbor as yourself or you treat others the way you want to be treated or what goes around comes around. So, therefore, it's like 
the people who are working in our government are human beings just like you and me. If they think it's okay to bully us, then they must be thinking subconsciously it's okay for us bullying them back. And that psychotic psychosis is causing us to spiral out of the control. And the, the perverted interpretation of the Constitution is that the people who get elected into power get to be king of the hill and bully and manipulate us, coerce us, you know, put us under duress by these burdens and encumbrances that we call law. But it's not the rule of law. It's the rule of man that has been Luciferian, deceitful, masquerading under the color of law. But just think of this. You own all of the governing of you. That's your intellectual inalienable property rights. It's your private property rights. When they deny you the legal effect, good faith bargaining, good faith negotiating, mutuality of agreement, due process, then they've destroyed the legal effect of your private property. And destruction of private property has been a felony forever. But the Bar Association is manipulated by the elite slum lords and slum masters, and that's why the darn judges and the crooks that call themselves you know, lawyers and attorneys or whatnot continue to manipulate the ignorance because we're all going to be destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and they manipulate that to milk every dollar and penny and dime out of every person in order to further their selfish ambitions because – if if somebody burdens and encumbers you against your will, they're not treating you as your equal. They are making you a second or third class citizen, and they have become your master and lord. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you agree to that, then you've told God to take a back seat, that it's okay for man, Lucifer, to lord over you and determine all the rules and your burdens and encumbrances. But if you're a sectarian, secularized person and you believe that you should be able to make decisions for yourself, well, you've either ignorantly went along with it to allow the other person to be lord and master over you, treating you like a second-class citizen, basically represent you like a pimp represents a prostitute or you know so either you're ignorant of what's going on or you're one of those that's colluding to continue the division of power and separate by coercion and manipulation duress uh, extortion you know the divide and conquer strategy so i appreciate you keep bringing it back to rights because that's all this is about you own you are the exclusive owner and you have exclusive jurisdictional power and authority over all your burdens and encumbrances and obligations, including those in governing. And whenever somebody else wants to try to manipulate you to thinking that you don't have that right, you get to choose what science you follow. They get to choose what science they follow. Even no, I don't care if I'm the ignorant, most ignorant person on the face of the planet. You still owe me the right to decide for myself. You can influence me by, you know, sharing with me what you think is better and whatnot, but I still get to make the final decision about what obligates me and burdens me and encumbers me. But our country has been, since 1800, I say 1798 is when this stuff started happening because right after we got the United States Constitution ratified, then all of the people, you know, what has been Franklin said to somebody, well, we have a republic if you can keep it. 
Well, they, we didn't continue to educate generation after generation after generation to make sure that they would uphold that. So little by little, certain people have figured out certain ways to get a little more freedoms. That's why what we called physical slavery in the back in the day has kind of waned, and we don't have as many people in that type of physical slavery, but we have psychological, spiritual, and legislative slavery that still goes on. But anyway, I just wanted to give you that food for thought. So, you know, I thought it would complement what you're you keep bringing back to the cop and you know to the con, uh, constitutional rights. And I think it goes a bit further than that because the constitution is just another agreement between we the people, and we keep breaking it. And a lot of these people that are in positions of power, they like to pervert the interpretation in order for them to continue to reign as the manipulator rulers and think that you're a second-class citizen and you're not equal to their power. But thank you for the time, uh, Rob. Back to you. Well, thank you. I greatly well, appreciate your... One thing I need to learn to do is, uh, is to stay off Twitter while I'm doing this show. Um, <laughs> uh, especially when, when Adam Schiff posts something. I tell you, the biggest liar in probably all of American politics, and that guy acts like he's a purveyor of truth when it comes to the United States. I swear. The Democrats are so – I'll tell you, they're going to try to do anything to try to keep Trump from, from running. Uh, they are so scared to death that he's going to run and win election. It's unbelievable. Um, but whether it's – but the thing is, it's one person – you know who they're going to start coming after next. Well, they've already been going after him because first they're going to try to get – you know, try to keep Trump from uh, being reelected uh, because they know, you know, if that occupier of the White House – uh, or as cackling VP uh, were to run again, then, you know, it's going to take a hell of a lot more cheating than happened in 2020 uh, for them to get reelected. But, of course, then there's DeSantis. Uh, the, the Democrats are in trouble, and they know it. I think, I think we're going to see a lot more lies and obfuscation coming from those guys. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable. But the people of California keep voting for people like that, you know, so – and it's, a, it's just unbelievable how brainwashed these people are. I agree, because I think if they something should happen to Trump and he couldn't come back, I think uh, DeSantis, um, I wonder if he would put his hat into the running. Oh, I, I think he certainly would. I th- I, I, actually, I think he may even make comment that if Trump ran, he wouldn't run. So we can kind of take that reverse. Is that uh, if Trump wasn't running, he would. <laughs> and I, I and I sure pray that's that. not the case. I really hope uh, Trump win, uh, w- runs. He's given every indication that he will. Um, yeah, I'm pretty confident. Not yeah, verbatim, yeah. but yeah, he's pretty much given every indication he will. And let, let, let's be honest, I have nothing but the most respect for DeSantis. DeSantis is not Trump. There's only one Donald J. Trump. On this planet, and Donald Trump, in four years, made America great again. He kept his uh, campaign promises, promises made, promises kept, and he's the only one who can turn around this country 
and repair the damage that the, Dem- the Dems and uh, the Biden regime have committed. And at the end of the day, um, that's what we need more than ever, is we need to save our republic. And we start that in 2022 by taking back the House and the Senate and getting Trump in the driver's seat in 2024. No disrespect to DeSantis or to Governor Nome, but there's only if, – if anything – we are to take away from the, 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 the first term of Donald A. Trump is that there's only one Donald A. Trump. There is no substitute to him. And I think people got, started getting mad at him because he, um, I think on Candace Owens' show, said that people should get the, vac- the vaccine. vaccine um, yeah, he, get he the vaccine. the pot with that but, one. But um, I think or I read something that said with, you know, how they keep changing definitions of wording, but they changed the definition of vaccine and that actually HCQ um, is actually considered a vaccine now. I could be wrong. So then I'm just wondering if that's what he meant. Like people should um, go ahead and do like HCQ um, for treatment of uh, the COVID because that's technically a vaccine now, but, like I said, I could be wrong. It was actually taken out of context, and like like Robert said, the the mainstream media has always been the propaganda of the left. What he was saying is, he took the vaccination, and he was saying from a personal standpoint that he's he felt comfortable taking the vaccination. And what the left did was they took that and they made it, or they portrayed it to be that he was advocating overall or encouraging that everyone should get the vaccination, and that wasn't the case. He was saying it's a personal decision, and that liberty and that decision should be left up to the individual. And he was merely just explaining his personal experience of when he got COVID, when he was uh, still the rightful – well, he still is the rightful president in in my eyes, but during his last year, he he contracted COVID a few months before the general election, and he did get the vaccination – so he was speaking more from his personal standpoint. He in no way, shape, or form uh, implied or said that, you know, this is what he's recommending for the country. He said it's, it's an individual decision. It's, a, it's, it's up to the individual. To, to, it should be up to the individual to decide that. Um, so um, I think they were booing uh, at the point when he was actually saying that, uh, somewhere I know I saw the, the rally back in Arizona that he had last week. Um, they were not booing at him for saying that. They were just booing overall when he was saying that, unlike the left, who wants to continue forced vaccinations, even though I got vaccinated, that doesn't mean that I should have the right to influence or you know, impose my, my personal beliefs upon anyone else. Uh, pretty much right. along those lines. I can't say verbatim, but pretty much along those lines, yeah. And he had a rally in uh, Arizona, uh, over, I believe last weekend he did. A lot of people showed up, of course. And um, I just think he's the only person that can get us out of out of this mess that we're in. I don't think anyone has the uh, cojones or the qualifications as much as I admire DeSantis and Governor Nome and a couple of other uh, names that have been thrown in the hat. Uh, I think he's the only one that can save our republic. Uh, what, what say you, Diana? 
Well, I do agree that he has always said that it should not be mandated. It should be personal choice. And I don't think I could think of anybody else that could take the criticism day in and day out that he took. Like, the media never gave him any rest. I'm not even sure how he got accomplished what he got accomplished. And he is the only president that I know um, that has ever kept his promises. Diane. Yes. Yeah, here's my concern. Donald Trump may be the best president that we've had in the last 100 years, but he's not constitutional. And the division that has been caused through just the, you know, manipulation of everything, I'm in hope that we're still a constitutional person that's willing to run for president. But if we end up with the same deal we did in 2016 and 2020, we have no other choice but to pick the the best turd out of the bunch. And in my opinion, Donald Trump, you know, he's no better than most. I mean, he's better than all the other people that's been running, but he's still not meeting the bare minimum for being a constitutional president. And as long as we continue to push those kind of people into office, then we're never going to heal this country. We're going to stay divided, and we're going to continue to just get worse and worse. Well, here, here's, here's the thing on that. We, we, I mean, we are purposely being divided. And, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think it's purposeful. And I, I hate to say it, but I don't have – I, I, right now, I don't have much. I don't have much faith in the people of the United States. I just don't. I don't. I don't have faith in in at least half of them. I mean, I just, just all the just all the lies that they are, you know, allow themselves to be. I mean, think about seven, you know the, the lies that they were they've allowed themselves to believe. At least half of them. I mean, I talked to or at least chat or whatever with a lot of liberals. And there's two things going on. One, they've completely lost their mind. I mean, it is uh, – I mean, you want to talk about being radicalized. <laughs> I tell you what, they, they are it, – it, it's amazing. And secondly, it, it may be even more disconcerting, is that in America, we used to be able to have a discourse where we, where we could disagree – with our opponents and not have a hatred for the people we're disagreeing with. That does not exist anymore in America. The right, Why let's be honest. Why do you think that is, Rob? The, well, hold on. The right hates the left and the left hates the right. Okay? Why do I think so? I think it's been made. I, 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 I think it was purposely been, you know, I think it's been purposeful like that because they they want to divide us, and I've I've come to the point where it's the oligarchy. It's the that's why years ago I came up with the term the political class. Now you hear it more often than than you used to, you know, long. But it's the political class. It literally is us against them. And when I mean us against them, that's why ten years ago I dubbed it Bard's logic. You know. The grassroots, we the people show, because it real. I think it truly is the the the, the people, we the people, the citizens, the grassroots against the state, against the national government, against our government. 
And, and, and our government, and, and that's why I say the media, the, you know, is the enemy of the people because I, I blame the media, not just the media, I, I blame academia. Because think about it, when, you know, they, the, the, the left has definitely positioned themselves to be in areas that influence people. Conservatives, we're, you know, we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're construction workers, we're landscapers, okay? We're, we run the cog of the nation. We're, we're the, we're the, we, we run the cog. Now, who are the, the, the liberals? Where are they? They're in academia. They're in entertainment. You know, they are, you know, you know, they're in social work, okay? They have the positions where they can influence people. Teachers influencing the young children, you know, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, filling their skulls full of mush with crap, okay? And then you've got entertainers who people believe just because this person's a famous person or they happen to be a in journalism, in journalist. They're not journalists anymore. They're propagandists. And where, where, are mo- where are most liberals? They position themselves in fields where they can influence people. And, you want, and so there's your answer, John, how we got like that, because you've got the left who hate, and they've, let's be honest, they've always hated. It's just more prevalent now, you know. So uh, – you know, so that, that's where I think he came from. But go, go ahead, Joseph. I want to bring it over to you. No, I, I, I appreciate it. I completely disagree with John. Um, it's his right to believe in what he wants to believe. And at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not here to convince anyone. Um, 81 million Americans sought to believe it. When Donald Trump got elected, it was to see it to believe it. All I can say is, if you're not happy with what he accomplished in his first terms, by all means, feel free to vote your conscience. But at the same time, I don't need to convince anyone of Donald Trump's accomplishments. I'm not his advocate, but I am someone who used to be a never-Trumper. I had to see it to believe it. And he achieved more feats than any other president in history, historically, in an unprecedented four-year term, and nobody can take that away from him, regardless of how they think or how they feel or what their opinion is or whatever article they want to point to the Constitution. No one can ever strip away that from Donald J. Trump. His record will go down in history as the greatest of any other president. Eighty-one million Americans know that on November 3rd, 2020, Their vote was rigged, and we are not standing for it. We have a more divided country more than ever, especially after the rig, and you have 81 million Americans that are committed to getting Donald J. Trump back in the driver's seat again. I don't need to make the argument for him. His record speaks for himself. Over half the country who voted for him legitimately in 2020, their vote speaks for themselves. So by all means, hey – Trump's not your guy. You're looking for the perfect 
candidate that's never going to exist, continue to dream on and dream on and dream on. That's your right. That's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you differently. But all I know is I'm with 81 million Americans who still feel, if not even stronger, that Donald A. Trump is the legitimate president. Our rights were taken away from us the day that it was rigged. And karma is a B. Because when Trump gets back in the driver's seat, hell have no fury for his scorn. And for those who threw him under the bus, including those in the Republican Party, hell have no fury for his scorn. So that's all I have to say on that matter. And um, I'll defer back to you, Robert. Well, I want to, well we're, we're kind of we're, we're getting off, uh, and this happens, you know, because we just talk about a lot of stuff here on, on Bard's Logic. Right. And it's a three-hour program, so there's a lot of time for uh, a lot of topics. So I do want to bring things back to uh, you, Diana. And so, you know, we're at the top of the hour uh, into the last hour. So I want to give you an opportunity. Um, I mean, if you want to you know, stay on and talk about other topics, one thing I'm I'm concerned about uh, is, is the is the frankly yes, the Supreme Court you know decided you know, with the you know to not uh, let the vaccine mandate pass with OSHA. Um, now, but I, I still have my concerns with the Supreme Court, and, and we could talk what those concerns are you know perhaps in this last hour. But I do want to open things up about, you know, our, our, our topic with you, uh, Diana, about, you know, what, you know, what you're working on in Ohio and see um, two things. One, if there's anything you want to uh, also add uh, in regards to, to, the, to that or um, you know, if, you have to, if you have to go, but you're welcome to stay with us to talk about, you know, our next, uh, you know, topic. But uh, go ahead. Well, first I wanted to say for John um, – I think we're so far out from the Constitution and the rules that I, it would ta- I think it would take a miracle for a president to even get us back that far. Um, but, and then two, again, I, I believe this is um, part of our freedoms. Um, for, and the Ohioans, we need to come together, again, vaccinated, vaccine-free, um, and help join, get, help us get these signatures. It's elected officials or excuse me, elected, or, oh my gosh, registered voters in Ohio um, have to be the ones that circulate the petition and have to be the ones that be able to sign. And if you're interested in helping circulate a petition, again, please go to the Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom. Um, We also have a website, um, www.voteyesonhairabeasonboy248.com. Um, but to get the information to help circulate, um, send your name, your email, the county you live in, and your phone number to info at Ohio, A is an Apple, M is a Mary, F is in Frank, dot org. Um, like I said, I, I need all the volunteers' hands on deck, and um, we could do this. Let's uh, keep our freedoms and our liberties and um tell them that we're not going to continue to take this, that they work for us and not the other way around. Well, certainly. And then, I mean, did you want to, I mean, yeah, you're welcome to, to, to you, know, you know, time into, you know, the next, the next topic we have here. And, and it wasn't a planned topic. It just kind of happened because I try to keep a, a, a prize of, of what's going on around here. And that's why I say when I do the show, I probably should stay off Twitter. I just can't help myself, uh, to be honest. <laughs> 
but uh, but my concern is because uh, I just seen a recent report is I'm real concerned about the Supreme Court. And one of the things you know we talk about tonight is how we the people uh, can take control of the mandates and, and corporate discrimination, and, and certainly that is what I, I think. You know, every state across the you know the republic should adopt what you know you, Diana, and the people who are are helping you to do. I think what you what you're doing is great, and I really hope that more people across the country, you know, start developing you know these types of bills uh, to go in front of the people because. I think we are going to have to take, uh, you know, take, take it into our own hands, so to speak. Uh, legally, of course, on the ballot, you know, let's hope that, you know, we can stay with it just being on the ballot. I, my fears are that it, it may not. Um, but you mentioned Glenn Beck. I don't really listen much to Glenn Beck anymore. Uh, he, he's too uh, – too, I mean, I used to watch him, listen to him a lot, but he, he's, he's really doom and gloom anymore. I, I, I always mm. – get down every time I listen to Glenn Beck anymore. So. <laughs> and I, and I, um, <laughs> a friend just told me um, about that um, episode where, like, they broke everything down. And so um, I listened to it, and, I mean, it just blows my mind, the documents. Um, and I mean, you can call me a conspiracist theory all you want, but, I mean, they had that back into the early um 2000 that um and i'm horrible with names so but the scientist that created remdesivir is the same scientist that made um the coronavirus 19 or SARS CO2 19 or COV 19 um that we're dealing with now um so and of course Pfizer has control on all that, and uh, so the hospital gives you twenty percent extra if uh, they give their patients remdesivir, and remdesivir uh, shuts your kidneys down. Forty-five percent of patients' kidneys get shut down. So it's it's all right. you could just follow the money trail all the way. But I don't listen to him either. And to be honest, with my initiative petition, I haven't had a whole lot of time to uh, oh, listen to imagine. all yeah. my videos yeah, I don't anymore. I mean, <laughs> I used to, well, I worked, uh, I worked landscaping and, and home remodeling for 10 years before doing what I'm doing now. And, you know, you know when you're cutting grass or, you know, working in a landscape or, or, or working somewhere, you can have your headphones on, you know, listening to – now, me, now, when I was cutting grass or – or, you know, doing some, you know, concrete work or landscaping or whatever I was building or carpentry or whatever, cutting tile. Uh, I wasn't listening to music. I had talk radio in my ear from, nine, you know, from, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the evening. <laughs> so right. I, was, I wasn't listening to music all day long. I was listening to talk radio all day. Um, and, and then print and some at night, too. I don't, I don't really watch much TV. If I've got a TV on... Generally, it's a news station. Oh, and speaking of that, uh, a little public announcement is that if you have DirecTV, which I do, in April, DirecTV is talking about eliminating OAN at the behest. You know, I've seen this on, on, on Facebook, and, you know, and the OAN's talking about it too. Uh, at the behest of Media Matters, 
which at the behest of Joe Biden, you could follow the trail back to Biden, to basically DirecTV is saying, yeah, in April they're going to drop OAN. So, you know, I'm actively looking for a new TV provider. I mean, I've been watching again. It's got more news stations. I do watch some sports uh, here and there, and I guess that's about it. (laughs) But I watch some sports, and then I watch news stuff. Um, So I'm I'm looking to change providers. Uh, And then also uh, we have uh, Cincinnati Bell for our Internet, which we're looking to get rid of because Cincinnati Bell is getting rid of Newsmax. So the fascism, fascism is alive and well. Uh, in these United States. But anyway, just as a little disclaimer, that if you have uh, DirecTV, you may want to consider kicking them to the curb or call them saying, you know, if you don't change this policy of getting rid of OAN, uh, we're going to kick you to the curb. That's that's my plan. But anyway, so my concern with the Supreme Court is yes. Um, yes, they did, you know, you know, you know to, to put down the mandate. I, but when it comes to wins, at least on this supposedly conservative uh, court, is that, you know, they didn't do anything to help out for election integrity when the election got stolen. And now I'm just hearing that the Supreme Court okayed the Democrats to – because I know Trump was, I think, the one to, um, you know, block some subpoenas through executive privilege – uh, for the the January 6th commission, well, through my understanding, the Supreme Court is going to allow them to go into the record that Trump is trying to block, okay? So, you know, how can – what my concerns is – I mean, I, we can't trust the Supreme Court. We can't trust our legislatures, you know. It's getting to a point we can't trust any of our politicians. we got to get Supreme – you know. You know, we've we got to get citizen candidates in here and primary all these people out. But, I mean, what the hell can we do about this? There's nothing we could do uh, about the Supreme Court. Even when, I mean, I like I, I liked Amy Coney Barrett, but she's been, for the most part, a huge disappointment since she, you know, got confirmed. And, I mean, I think she's Kavanaugh. been a disappointment. Well, and Ka- yeah, Kavanaugh, too. Those two, I, I, I feel like they're trying so hard. To try to say, oh no, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna you know, we don't want to have any inkling of impropriety. So anything that the Democrats want to do to Trump, I think that I think those two are just gonna allow it to happen. The, 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 you know, to have no you know, not, not even right. uh, so, no. what am I looking for? You know, uh, like finger pointing. Oh, see, we told you you were controlled by Trump. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they're going to let the Democrats do anything they want, and we know why the Democrats are doing this. We know that the Democrats, they want to do anything they can to keep Trump from, from running again. We, we know that's all, that's all it's about. You, you are afraid to death that Trump's going to run, and, you know, run in 2024 because the people have now seen your failed policies and how they're bad for America, and he's going to get reelected, and you guys are going to have to cheat a hell of a lot more than you did in 2020 – to try to win. This is this is part of Bard's logic after dark that I get really fired up. <laughs> well, and I think January sixth and them treating their prisoners the way that they're treating them um, is horrible. Um, I don't understand. It's been a year. Um, I thought again. I thought we were in the good USA where things were fair, um, and. 
we all know that uh, that wasn't, you know, that they call it insurrection. That isn't no way near insurrection, but I believe that it was planned more on the Democratic side. Um, <laughs> I, well, I would tell you, on the 6th, I came home. My husband's like, did you see that girl get shot that, the, you know, that the conservatives stormed the um, Capitol? And I'm like, those weren't conservatives. And he's like, what? I'm like, when she got shot, if you watch the video, the gentleman lifted her up, threw her back to the ground, and the guy was like, well, where'd she get shot? And he's like, I don't know. Well, I'm sorry, but most conservatives are gun owners. And, you know, one, to apply pressure to the wound. Um, I said, that, that wasn't a conservative. Um, most people know to apply pressure to a wound. Um, and not lift them up and throw them back down to the ground. Uh, but so I think that was all planned. I think the FBI is part of it. But again, well, well yeah, well, you see, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, well, what, did you see in the interview? What, what was her name? We talked about a little bit on the show last week. Is where where uh, Ted Cruz was questioning this lady from the, uh, the you know, from the FBI, and she was like. Oh, we can't answer your oh, question. Yes. He's like, you know, is, is, is anyone from the FBI, you know, played any part? I'm paraphrasing. Played played right. any part in the January 6th riot? And she's like, oh, I can't, I can't answer that. And her what her words were like, I can't because I can't answer that because I cannot reveal any. Um, oh, there's a phrase to it. Um, like me- anything that's going methods. on, investigate. Yeah, something. Yeah, something in methods. And I'm like, wait a minute. So if you're saying you can't reveal the FBI's methods, are what you're telling us that one of your methods is to incite a riot? Is that what you're telling us? Is that the FBI is in, bi- in the business of, you know, of inciting riots so that it looks bad for the outgoing president, so that when the outgoing president wants to run again for reelection, uh, he can't because you're going to try to make it look like that he uh, that he caused an insurrection. Okay. Uh, and when I feel like when they say that, oh, we can't answer that, that's just, I mean, I guess you're innocent until proven guilty, but to me that's just guilty. Like, so why isn't that gentleman that was whispering in everybody's ear and saying that we must storm the Capitol not in jail when right, I forget yeah. how many veterans veterans are in, in that they're holding um and not even giving them the rights. I, I forget what I was listening to. And it's almost like um, that mental, even the mental abuse, like they're just doing um, tactics, um, moving them from one place to another, not telling them where they're going, not answering questions. Um, like they're Gitmo detainees or something like that. And most experts have said that if that indeed was insurrection, that is the poorest insurrection ever implemented. There's no way that was insurrection. I mean, it, this this fallacy from the left that they were truly seeking to uh, have a coup and, and overturn a government, are, are, are you guys that ignorant? Are you kidding me? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? And I've always said on this show, Robert, don't you find it fascinating, Diana, John, that they were so easily able to break into Capitol Hill. There was no security. 
at, at, at mm-hmm. a certain time when they were breaking well, yeah, in, there was no security. Something. Isn't that fishy, though? And then an hour later, well, all yeah, of a sudden, when I was bit... security comes. Oh, yeah, when I and to, you know, when I visited the Capitol some years ago for a visit to go into the gallery, you know, to, to watch a little bit, I mean, I mean, I, I had to go through like three security checkpoints. And by the and, and by the time I got in there, I was practically naked. Okay, I wasn't practically naked, but I, I tell you what, I've got a piece of metal on me. I tell you what, I, I think if my shoestring had one, you know, had a metal wrapped around to keep the shoestring together, they probably would have taken that too. I mean, seriously, by the time I got in the gallery, I, went to, I think I went to, like, three different checkpoints just to, get, just to be able to get into the gallery. And, and they denied Trump asking for, actual, um, for extra National Guard units to be there? They did. Uh, the mayor, Mayor Bowser, the day before, told the, told the um, – the National Guard to step down to not be present at the at the rally that Trump had. So it was Mayor Bowser who's on the record of calling down the National Guard because there was a lot of hyperbole from the left that oh you know this rally was going to turn into a, a violent you know situation. They didn't know it was Capitol Hill, uh, but you know they were kind of speculating that. And Mayor Bowser said, "No, no, we don't need the National Guard," and that was the day before. Oh, really? You got to be kidding me. Right. So if you're if you're not going to add the extra security and you knew million, I don't know, it was a million people there, but 500,000 people, a lot of people were going to be at Washington. Why wouldn't you not up, up your security and then allow that to happen um, if it wasn't a ploy or a plan? Correct. Can I jump in? Truly an insurrection. No, John. Not one of the defendants. (laughs) Not one of the defendants ever tried to take anyone hostage. Correct. Go ahead, John. Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate the floor and able to speak. Um, My concern is is that the people who are in Congress are the supposed victims. But on this congressional, whatever you want to call it, committee for January the 6th, that means we do not have an impartial jury per the Constitution. That means they're all tainted as judge, jury, and executioner. And they're the ones that supply the information to the courts as evidence of this and that, and they're denying standing for other evidence. So that's a big problem right there, and due to the fact that our very own Congress has also burdened and encumbered our fellow Americans, and that's why most of them, I can't speak for all of them, but most of them that I'm familiar with is the fact that they were going up there to find out why it was that their vote in the election was being so rigged and that the people that are in positions in the election of power were not allowing transparency in order for there to be integrity in our elections throughout the full custody and chain of command. So therefore, they committed fraud against we the people, and therefore when we the people want to get remedy for our grievances, they try to destroy us and hold us and confine us against our will and against law, because 
number one, if they were doing their job in the first place by respecting each one of us, you remember Article 1, Section 9, there's no no title of nobility. Article 1, Section 10, no title of nobility. Article 4, Section 2, citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. So those three things right there admit to the we're all equitable, self-governing, free people, and nobody gets any special privilege. There's no rank and file. There's no chain of command. We all are equitable, self-governing, free people that determine our own burdens and encumbrances of governing. So, therefore, our Congress has committed fraud against we the people, and now we the people want to exercise our First Amendment right. You know, Congress shall not shall pass or shall not pass a law that abridges the right of the people to petition for redress of grievance. Why? Because we're all supposed to be equitable, having our will mutually and reciprocally included in all rules, laws, processes, and procedures in order to be the equitable, self-governing, free person. So they've deprived them of their status. So therefore, these people that are in um, j- these jails. They had no other option but to, you know, storm the Capitol and try to find out what was up. But at the same time, that gives them under a de jure rule of law judicial system, that gives them an affirmative defense called contributory negligence. The justices, the judges, all these people involved are committing not only an abuse of power, abuse of process, abuse of um, discretion in their judging. So therefore, these people, I mean, we just, we have to speak to educating ourselves to the point that, hey, are we going to be bullies? Are we going to allow the people who get into office to use the power of the government to be bullied? Because you don't like being bullied. I don't like being bullied. If you pass a law that I disagree with, I'm not going to live up to it. You don't get to burden and encumber me. Otherwise... I get to beat the living knot out of you in order to get you off my back. That's the right of self-defense. And if people got this attitude, they want to continue to use the government as a bully, you know, bully club to force us into their agenda, then it don't matter if you're Antifa or you're white Nazi or whatever. Every group, it's just the same reason I said Antifa back when they were burning the buildings and throwing rocks through stuff and tearing stuff up. If you're disfranchising a people, depriving of their equitable right to have their will mutually and reciprocally included, you know, mutuality of agreement, that freedom of contract thing with the promise and valuable consideration, terms and conditions that we've basically violated and perverted and nullified, They have every right to throw a fit and burn your house down to get you to wake up and give them their rightful place in self-governing. And the same thing for our January 6th people. It's the same thing, both sides. We are being destroyed for lack of knowledge, but also we're being drawn by our own lusts, lust for having it our way and not respecting other people's right to have it their way. We're sowing the wind, and we're going to reap the whirlwind. But thank you for your time. I yield back to you, Rob. Appreciate it. Well, I'm not, I'm not thinking as much of a whoop out of whirlwind. It's the it's the red wave that I'm hoping uh, comes uh, 2022 and 2024, uh, and how you know I'm hoping that you know the Democrats and their servants are not going to be able to find a way to stop it because I, I mean I've been a dependent uh, a lot of my life and a Republican a lot of my life and Green Party person and 
Uh, but I tell you what, I and I don't want to say, you know, oh well, the only way the Republicans can, because they have to have the right Republicans, you know, can can stop this madness. But we're we're in trouble, folks. We're in trouble, and the only thing that's going to stop this is to get these people out of power. And and frankly, they're taking what little advantage they have and making it out as if they have a mandate, and they don't. Um, I mean, even their supporters think that somehow they got a mandate right now. I mean, when you have a 50-50 in the Senate, and I think they're only up by five representatives in the House. Think about it. There's, what, 436 members of the House of Representatives, 30 or five, you know, 435 members of the House, and they have a five a five-person majority in the House? I mean, how the hell can they think they've got some type of mandate? But they're, but they're certainly acting like it, and they are using all the levers of power, uh, you know, that's at their, you know, at their hands, at their disposal uh, to, to, to come after. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I just – again, I think Twitter might just decide not to post something that – that I that I tweet it. So. <laughs> but, but anyway, but the, the, um, go ahead, Joseph. I was just going to say the mandate actually for Biden was only to the military, um, their federal contractors and employees. So I don't understand how they think that there's a mandate out there either. I mean, the only... Um, you know, saying that he's trying to get it through because he knows he can't mandate it was through OSHA and CMS. And even the CMS um, for healthcare workers, um, they're just saying if you're not vaccinated, then they're going to take Medicare and Medicaid money away from you. But those organizations are byproducts of we the people because we the people own all of the government assets. Right. And we are co owners in unity. Unity of title, unity of property, unity of interest, unity of possession. I mean it's legal stuff. So I don't know how we like stop CMS. And have they made a do you guys know have they definitely made a ruling on CMS um for healthcare workers um having to be vaccinated I heard that they just said that they um, took away the said that the court couldn't stop CMS from mandating it but there but there wasn't any ruling am I wrong on that I to be honest I'm not for certain I, I don't have an answer okay neither do I Sorry about that. No, I just didn't. I just didn't know, and haven't seen it for myself. Robert, maybe do you know? I, I'm I'm uncertain now. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Sometimes four heads is better than one. <laughs> As long as you're not talking about my blind date from last week, yes. Thank you. 
Well, we are in uh, Bard's Logic After Dark, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Joseph? No, that never happened. That'd be like something out of the Twilight Zone. That'd be really scary. I've been watching too many Twilight Zone episodes. Sorry. Actually, I kind of feel what's going on in this country is the Twilight Zone. Honest to God, sometimes I wake up and I have to slap myself in the face and put some water. And sometimes I want to believe this is just another dimension and it's just a series and it's going to go away. And it's kind of how I've been living ever since uh, March of uh, 2020. So, you know, sometimes uh, you're in denial. You you, you You can't even fathom. Um, our country has disintegrated since, and you know sometimes subconsciously you want to believe that it's it's not possible. So therefore, we're just in the twilight zone, or we just woke up from a bad nightmare. But um, fortunately, it is true; it is happening. And no, it's not an episode of the twilight zone. And Joe, yeah, sometimes I, I wake up because of what somebody else says, and I realize that I've been deceived or I've deceived myself, and now I've got to suffer the consequences in order to really see harmony and move forward in unity. Well, and it's hard because, you know, you wake up, and then you're like, you see what they're doing um, to the children and then to the healthcare workers oh, oh, and just to individuals. I, oh, yeah, I meant to say the story. I'm, I'm sorry, I meant to tell the story. So I was at grocery shopping um, Yesterday, I'm so sorry for interrupting that. I want to get to tell you before I forget it. So I was at the grocery store yesterday, right? Uh, I think it was yesterday. And this, you had this dad. Oh, I tell you what. He, he, I, I wanted to punch him in the face. And then, um, <laughs> and so he's got this toddler. Toddler. Couldn't be any more than three. Probably not even three. Put a mask on this little kid. Now, I did make comments. Um loud enough for him to hear how ridiculous it was and how he was an idiot and, and, you know, how he's abusing this child. So I did say it loud enough. I noticed that he could hear me. But I'm like, and the kid's trying to keep moving it, so he, he's bending over, trying to make sure the little mask, you know, fits over the kid's, you know, mouth and nose. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then I've got people, I know people who are threatening, you know, like I have a, a, a niece who threatened her mother if you who has MS, that if you don't get the vaccination, you can't see my you can't see your grandchildren. I mean, what the hell? I, th- I cannot wait. I, you know, I cannot wait to confront her the next time I see her. I'm going to say, what kind of daughter are you to black basically blackmail your own mother who has MS? into getting this vaccine where people really don't know how it's going to affect people with MS, right? Right. Um, you know, and basically say, you're, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, you're not going to see your grandchildren. I mean, these, when I mean grandchildren, these kids are like, they're like babies. They're like under five. And I feel like saying, so I- why don't you show me this, you know, why don't you show me this statistic where, even if she had COVID, it would be a danger to your child. It's just, and, and these are supposed to be two smart people. I mean, it's like it's unbelievable how these supposedly intelligent people, you know, are, are, are you know, are, are believing this I, stuff about, oh, my gosh, it's, our, our kids, it's like they're under four, five, and, and, you, and you feel like they need to have a mask. It's like, you, you know, I thought, what feel want to say to her, and I will once I, I see her, it's like, you, I was like, maybe you should keep your children out of the car. 
Because you know four children in a year last year died out of a car accident than they did of COVID? So maybe you should keep your children out of the car. You freaking idiot. For the, get, I, that, that, that burns my butt. Sorry, I just get, I again, I get they, no, no. fired up with that stuff. <laughs> I think they forget that COVID is actually 99% um, curable um, or <laughs> – Survival, yeah. Yeah, survival, thank you. And that for children, it was 99.000, you know, it was was less than 1% um, that children were even hospitalized. So it's not even death that they were even less than 1% was hospitalized. But let's continue doing this to our children and masking them and um, I can't wear a mask for 10 minutes let alone trying to make me wear it for hours upon end and try to have a child sit there and like you said not touch it um, and then even during the Spanish flu um, people actually got more sick from bacteria and pneumonia from wearing masks than the actual dying of the uh, Spanish flu. And so I think people just forget. We, they don't even talk about the sur- survival rates anymore. No, they're, they're, so. just, they're completely irrational. They're just completely yeah. irrational. Everybody's questioning their you know, credibility. And so, I, yeah, I'm sorry. We're back on the vaccine thing, but I... It just, like, upsets me, too. You, you know, your mom, even if she got it, she has a 99% chance of survival rate. And even if your child got it, they have um, more than a 99% survival rate. And they would develop natural antibodies, which they're finding is more successful than the vaccine. So like a herd immunity type thing, but so that's that's my rant. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, man. That this, I mean, it's these stupid investigations for political purposes. That the reason why we got to get these Democrats out. I mean, this this January sixth uh, thing is ridiculous. It's like you know what? Where's all the investigation? You know what happened across the. Uh, the country in 2020 with the BML rise. Now they're trying to um, uh, get phone records from Eric Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle. Why? You can have uh, you, you can have Adam Schiff, you know, manip- you know, even other you know transcripts mischaracterize uh, them like he did uh, Trump's uh, conversation with Medvedev. I know I know I blame the media, you know, a lot for I mean and I'll be honest, when I said earlier that we uh, you know, that one side hates the other, I, I could honestly say, in all honestly honesty, I'm one of them. I hate the Democrats. I hate liberals. I just do. I can't I I I can't help myself. I, I really do. And I used to dislike Democrats. I dislike their policies. I dislike their faith. 
But it is getting to the point where I literally hate them. I, you know, I, I do. I just can't help myself because what I mean, what they are doing, you know, I mean, they, they don't they don't play fair. They lie. They cheat. They obfuscate, and and I just can't abide for that. You know, it's it's you know, they're, and they're hypocrites. You know. One of the reasons why I'm not a very religious person is because, for me, it would be hypo- it'd be hypocritical for me to do so, you know. And, and so I can't I can't stand hypocrisy, you know. And I could tell you all kinds of different stories, but I won't I won't you know bore you with with the details. But uh, but it, it's just amazing now that they, nobody go after they just make shit up. I mean, look at the Steele dossier to try to get Trump, you know. And then oh, it just it's that kind of stuff. And one thing that burns my ass. It's just seeing when people get away with things like that, and they, and they get away with it all the time. But anyway, I'll get off my rant. It's just seeing the stuff is really Can I say no, something real I quick apologize. about that vaccine <laughs> stuff Diane was talking about right there before you started talking this last time? Go ahead. Here, here's the thing that I always want to bring up about the vaccine. It's not only about the fact that I'm free to choose what science that I feel is justifiable for me to follow, but also, if you look back through history with all the other vaccines, how many times have you heard of the manufacturers, people that worked for these companies that came out speaking it against it and they quit their job and now they're campaigning to tell people how it's evil and wicked? I mean, Michael Yeadon with Pfizer, 20-some-odd years, I think it was. I don't remember exactly how many years it was. I mean, Robert, Robert Malone, the guy who helped develop the messenger mRNA, you know, he's saying this is not the way of using it. This is Frankenscience. You know, Carrie Medage, she's going around the world to all these meetings with all these doctors, and she's coming home telling us all, hey, these are Luciferian people that want to enact transhumanism. And, I mean, there's just tons of these different people that's worked at these different organizations, and we've never had that happen in, in all these other vaccines. And this is not really a vaccine. This is a uh, gene editing therapy, DNA modification, manipulation trick. But thanks for the floor. Back to you. Well, and Pfizer's employees don't even have to get it. They're exempt from the mandate. Yeah, what does that tell you? No, and I mean, I've always been been fascinated with, uh, you know, gene splicing, GMOs. I I, I thought it was cool because people, I mean, you know, people rail against uh, GMOs, which I think there's some fascinating things that, you know, like um, I don't know if you ever heard of golden rice. Uh, sounds funny. Uh, if you <laughs> but um, but what it is is they take the alleles from a daffodil, and what they do is they add these alleles to, uh, to a rice, and what it does is it supplies vitamin A to the rice, to so, when when they you know, help feed poor countries, when all they eat is rice, they supply them with, you know, this you know genetically modified rice, you know, with the, these uh, alleles from the daffodil to give them vitamin A because a lot of these kids were going blind. That's why people you know, oh you know rabbits, but you know the whole joke with you know rabbits they have good eyesight because they eat all these they eat carrots. Well, you know it's from the vitamin A. You know, but to what? And then also they have strawberries. Like they would mix a strawberry um, allele with that with a deep um, with the allele from a deep water fish, which makes the strawberry more frost resistant. 
So I've always been fascinated on how they'd be able to do that. And you meant, and you, you meant, uh, you know, trans. You mentioned transhuman. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're not talking about transsexual. You're probably talking about making human different, you know, on their genomes. Is that correct, uh, J- uh, Dan, uh, John? Yes. Well, to the point, the point of singularity where the, the human is coming, becoming like an animaton connected to the digital system throughout the earth as well as biological? Actually, oh, okay. the, Supreme, the Supreme Court had a ruling, and I had it here. But here it is. October term 2012, um, they actually talk about RNA and mRNA, and that if a, if a human has their mRNA changed, they become transhuman. And then only then can they be experimented on. But if you are a whole human and your DNA is not messed with, you cannot be experimented on. Um, it was about the guy that wrote the... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to just go say, um, it's, it says number 12-398, argued April 15, 2013, Decided June 13, 2013. Um, and it actually tells you that in the Supreme Court ruling. Yeah, the, what I was um, thinking too, there's a guy within the last week or two that come out with a book talking about how the digital system is supposedly being, going to be integrated and how it's, you know, connected to our genome and stuff. I just, I just the tail end of it, and I thought, wow, there's people writing books about this stuff and how DARPA was involved in, in the development of this and the chips that are going into the brains for the super soldier or ultimate soldier stuff that's supposedly already been used and tested in China and that, anyway, that's a whole other story we don't have time to get into. But there, it was just amazing. I just couldn't believe I was seeing it. And I've been anyway. Thanks. Right. If you watch Stu Patterson and that whistleblower that you were talking about, or no, Stu Peters and that whistleblower, they talk about how there's four lipids, and um, one of them is going to be able. Again, I feel like I'm getting really into conspiracy theory but how um, with the 5G they're going to be able to communicate with the nanos or the lipid particles um, that are in the vaccine. But that sounds out there as well. Yeah, I don't think that's conspiracy at all. Now, there's people that's going to tell you it's conspiracy theory, but if your very own government in the black book budget stuff with the DARPA and whatnot are manipulating this stuff and then now some of the people that used to work in there doing it and they're coming out talking about it and some of the people in indirectly affiliated with it are writing books about it there's got to be something to it you know i agree and i i guess maybe i just want to kind of like um be in denial like joey says i just don't want to wake up from this um nightmare that uh they can turn 5G on and maybe communicate somehow with someone who has the vaccine because it has graphene oxide in it too. Um, but yeah, 
it's just scary. That's why um, I just want to wait and see what comes of it and have more um, time to decide. Even just on a simpler note, Diane, if you look at the way they're using cell phones in order to manipulate people's insulin whenever they have an insulin, you know, like a... Insulin pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they got it built in and they're using it and whatnot. Well, if a, if your neighbor or somebody just hates your guts and they happen to be a hacker, they hack your cell phone and then just kill you through pumping your insulation, insulin up. And then, it, you know, it's like if they know how to really cover their tracks... It's like, oh, the app just malfunctioned and killed the guy. That is true. Didn't think about that. Now, real, um, now I'm looking at the time, and time goes quickly here on Bard's Logic. Uh, and I see you know, it's, it's time for closing comments. Uh, I certainly want to appreciate uh, Diana for you know coming on tonight. We certainly like to. I'll have you back on the show to give us updates on, on, on where you're at, and hopefully we'll be hearing more people who are, you know, doing the same thing, you know, across uh, these United States. Uh, so definitely give us, uh, you know, give us updates. Uh, and speaking of updates, next week, uh, folks, just as a kind of a little teaser, we will have on uh, the show uh, Michael John. Uh, he is, uh, done, you know, gosh, he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, for one, is the National Tea Party uh, movement founder, uh, former White House speechwriter uh, for Trump, and a Heritage uh, Foundation uh, policy analyst. Uh, he'll be on the show next week uh, to talk about uh, current events, uh, for one. Uh, and then we're well, looking forward to having uh, him on the show uh, next week. And then we'll also uh, be going, you know, other guests uh, we'll be having on in the future. We're looking at Evan Renacy on. Uh, we're also looking at uh, Congressman Steve Shevick. He's also running as well. And so we also have on uh, the 20, I think it's the, the 26th, and then February 2nd, we have uh, the guy from the Rouge Pack coming on. So we got uh, a lot of folks coming on uh, next uh, uh, week. We're looking forward to that. So I do want to give everybody their time to do their closing comments. So, of course, we'll start with uh, our guests. Each person uh, has about uh, about two minutes, and then I'll have to uh, uh, to shut things down. Uh, so we'll go with uh, our, to set our guest first, Diana, then you, uh, Joseph, then John, and then I'll have to close things out. So yeah, each person's got about uh, about a minute and a half at this point, I guess. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Again, um, um, hopefully Monday is when I'll submit it to the general um, attorney. And then we'll know by February 3rd, so I'll get back with you on that. Again, if you want to volunteer, go to info at ohioamf.org or look up um, www.voteyesonhb248.com. We're going to keep everybody updated on that through um, the Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom. Can't do it without y'all, so uh, please join in. to our cause and uh, hopefully let we the people decide what's best for us and thanks again for having me well you're welcome and we're looking forward to uh to have you back on uh so go ahead joseph uh with your closing comments 
Well, I'm kind of disappointed with your statement that you said about the Democrats not being able to stand them because I was actually able to get you front row tickets to Joe Biden's next press conference, <laughs> which will happen in about oh. the year 2080. So I'm kind of heartbroken. I really pulled for those strings. He will be having another press conference in 2080, and I'm very disappointed, but that's okay. Uh, my my car will have the will have that conversion like in Back to the Future too, so don't worry, I'll be flying with my cars and they'll be up in the air and everything. But you know, I don't know what else to do. You know, I went through a lot of trouble, so that's all I can say. But I still forgive you no matter what. So well, I appreciate that, Joseph. <laughs> uh, John, uh, go ahead. Uh, I appreciate Joseph as we do every week, and uh, looking forward to talking to you again. Go ahead, John. Yes, thank you so very much. Uh, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but whenever the thing that I think is wisdom is not, but I've convinced myself it is, I only bring more destruction to myself because the only way forward is truth and that which is just. That's the only way we can work together. So I hope we all love each other to the point that we can look in the mirror and find the errors in our own thinking or our own way and we can help unite in working together to see that others get to live their pursuit of happiness, and they will show and return that favor by letting you and I live our pursuit of happiness. Thank you for all you're doing there, Rob. Keep up the good work, and everybody, hopefully you'll uh, come back next week. Thank you. Well, thanks, John. And, uh, no, again, certainly appreciate everyone uh, coming to the show, looking uh, forward to our uh, you know, other episodes uh, on the show. Uh, appreciate people who came on. Uh, definitely, if you have the link, uh, share it out to folks. Uh, you can also find this episode on iHeartRadio. You can find it on Apple, iTunes, uh, where you can uh, download those uh, for free. It's on, you know, CastBox and other uh, ways to, to listen to the program and to share it. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, you know, as I said earlier, yeah, I hope more people, you know, come on and do these types of things, what you're doing, Diana. And I think it's going to be important because, I mean, we the people really do need to take the power back. And I would really like uh, to see us be able to take the power back peacefully, legally. Uh, I hope there's still time for us to do that. Uh, and, I mean, we just kind of you know, have to move forward that way uh, because, I mean, I, there are people out there who think that it's only going to take uh, – you know, literally another civil war, and I really hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, but, you know, we, that we have to show them uh, that, you know, the power really is in the people's hands. And what we need to do as conservatives, you know, since I said, you know, we are the cog of America. We, we may not be the influencers like, the, you know, people in the news, people in entertainment, people in academia, uh, but we need to make our, our force known and, and, and show them uh, they need how they need us. A perfect example how um, you know we could just not pay for uh, Direct TV if you have Direct TV and they're going to drop AON, but you know, but for political reasons, you know, drop them and find somebody else who won't do that. I mean, that's using our power. And when it comes to the unvaccinated, you know, if 75% of the country are vaccinated, that means 25% of the people are unvaccinated, and that's a pretty powerful voting block. I mean, 25% of the population, that's almost uh, take both the Hispanic population and the black population, 
in the United States and add those together, and that's the unvaccinated population. Because I think uh, together between black, uh, the you know blacks and um, uh, Hispanics, I think they're like 27 percent. So, you know the the unvaccinated, they're per, they're they're a very good uh, part. You know they're a good, good size percentage. So keep that in mind and realize you know, we do have the power. We just have to you know find the effective ways to utilize it. Uh, one of the way I think we start, need to start getting you know adopting some of the tactics of the left. Um, not, not necessarily the lying, uh, because as I said, I can't stand that, uh, but take it to the streets and hear, getting our voices heard en masse. And so we'll end tonight as I do every night, and that's the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, thank you very much again, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week, and have a good week. Good night. Mm-hmm.